Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Pastrickens. I'm your host, Shwini Pudin, episode 341. We're doing this as a live stream. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Stacey. That is at StaceyPatton89 on Twitter. Stacey, how are you doing on this Monday night? Victory Monday for uh, for both of us. And, well, 50% for you, but no. <laughs> I think it's 75%. Yeah, I think Sam's, a, getting... Sam's, a, Sam's a Patriots fan, but he also yeah. hates the Patriots. I was just going to say, like, they won, but... But I lost yeah. <laughs> in my in my in my quest for a better quarterback. So uh, yeah. very sad. Peric victory. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out the Bills secondary. Um, you, you may have heard them. Uh, we are joined today by the two hosts of the You Don't Know Ball podcast. That is Trill Bro Dude and Sam Sheehan. Sam Trill, how are you guys doing? It's well. Thanks for having yeah. us. Yeah, we appreciate it. Uh, we're here to uh, take care of the most important part of the Atlantic Division. That is making sure the Raptors get adequate slander. We are here to <laughs> mediate that and make sure that is that is done appropriately. Uh, I am actually yes. here to represent one Masai Ujiri, and I just want to say that I feel like all of the accusations that have been made towards the Raptors organization are completely slanderous, and we will actually be countersuing because – we want to send a message to the rest of the NBA that you can't mess with the Toronto Raptors. So, yeah. the cyber crimes unit has uh, is investigating all of the emails. Uh, we're looking into everything. Me on the uh, the Raptors slander thing. We will be um, spreading lies about how you guys hired um, uh, uh, some of the some of the top hackers in the world. That guy who stole ten billion in cryptocurrency. He was the one uh, getting all the Knicks <laughs> plays. So. Uh, we will we'll have an we, entire country of people angry in your mentions. <laughs> he, he wasn't stealing. He wasn't t- stealing the signs from coaches, right? Because apparently that's like. Uh... Oh yeah, no. <laughs> no, Twinny knows all about that. Sam knows all about that too. Yeah, because he's we, a Patriots fan, and then we Twinny's invented that fan, shit, so. man. Yeah, yeah we really invented that. Yeah, did they ever draft anyone from Michigan? Maybe that's where Michigan got the idea. I, I don't know <laughs> if there's any any good players for the Patriots from Michigan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that I think of. Yeah, no, no, I've never heard of one in my entire life. <laughs> Chase Winovich. Um, all right, before we get started, that was a very good intro. Uh, before we get started, if you make a few announcements, the first being that the Strickland has Instagram. Check that out. That is at Strick.Land on Instagram. Post on content accounts on there. The Strickland also has a YouTube channel where you may be watching this podcast or the stream. If you are and you've not done so already, please hit like and then subscribe to the channel. That'd be a huge help to us. Also, leaving a comment would also be a huge help. Strickland also has merchandise available on our website. You can find that at www.thestrick.land. There'll be a link that'll take you to the merchandise store. We've got t-shirts, sweatshirts, hats, coffee mugs, water bottles, you name it. We've got it. Again, you can find that on our website. Finally, The Strickland has a Patreon, which you can subscribe to. There are a number of different tiers. There's six dollars here. They get you access to Pod Strickland's podcast that I host every Friday with Prez. You also get access to Strickland's revamp mailbag, which is now called Takes from Obvious Bozos, where you send us takes in our Discord channel, and we grade those takes. That is hosted by Andrew Steele, a.k.a. Doug, along with Zach Blatter. You also get access to the Strickland Discord, where the conversation never stops. There are further tiers. There's a $9 tier that gets access to Strickland, my solo pod, where I rant and rave about things more. You also get access to wonderful premium articles by Matthew Miranda. And now you get access to Strictly NFL, our new 
NFL podcast that is hosted by Constantine and Jeffrey Rasmussen. Their further tiers is a $15 tier, $30 tier, $50 tier, and $100 tier. This comes with a variety of additional benefits, like listening to my pod recordings, merchandise discounts, and even potentially co-hosting a podcast alongside yours truly one day, whether you choose to subscribe or not. None of this would be possible without you. And none of this would be possible without Bet Online. The last of the major pro sports league kicks off this week, and Bet Online is your top spot for all your NBA action this season. With MLB postseason, NFL, and college football, and NHL in full swing, Bet Online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. Get everything NBA at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access for every sport, anytime. Head to Bet Online today to get in on the action. Don't forget to use promo code BLEAV to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. I feel like this fucking ad read was written by like somebody from like my dad. It's like, head to the Bet Online today. It's like, <laughs> like, what kind of fucking shit your promo right, right, read, ads read? Like, come on. I mean, um, I, I'm on the website right now, uh, and I'm 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 putting a bet on the uh, the Boston Celtics to disappoint me. Um, <laughs> it's crazy that they have that line. They're just disappointing yeah, such a, Sam yeah, Sheehan. But it's I'm, crazy. Yeah, that's such a tortured of, history. The Boston Celtics. Yeah. It's yeah. Just, been, Constant. Never been good okay. recently or historically. It's been just a really tough existence to be a Boston Celtics. They're fan. even good on television. They made a show about the Lakers, and they ended <laughs> it with Boston winning. Yeah, that's <laughs> so true. Exactly. I had to. I had to do a lot for that. You have no idea how how in the dirt I was in the studios bribing to make that writer strike happen. So kind of get that out the door. <laughs> um, so before we get, we're going to do an Atlantic Division preview. Before we do that. Uh, since this is actually a Knicks podcast, uh, we do have to. There is a big piece of news that happened. Oh, yeah. I guess something didn't mm-hmm. happen today. Uh, Emmanuel quickly did not extend, or they didn't come to an agreement. Not really sure exactly what happened. Um, obviously, they could not agree on the number. So, um, I guess like my thoughts on it, I, I just didn't. I, I'm like disappointed they didn't come to a contract agreement. Uh, I feel like I'm guessing just based on the reporting, it feels like. He probably wanted something like twenty-five a year. They wanted to do something close to twenty a year, and I guess they couldn't come to a middle ground there. I don't know if that was because one side was unwilling to move, the other one was, or whatever. Whatever it was, they obviously did not come to an agreement. Um, I'm not sure it's the worst thing in the world. Like you'd prefer that you sign him up and and keep it that way, but like you know. Um, we've seen this front office kind of do the same thing with Mitchell Robinson. And granted, Mitchell Robinson was injured uh, coming into that season and had the previous year cut short with that same injury. So that was part of the reason why they held off. And it's not exactly the same circumstance, but you still have the restricted matching rights on him. Um, I don't really envision a scenario where it's like, oh, are they going to cut his minutes because they want to keep his market value down? Like, I just can't see Tibbs playing along with something like that like if he's like no quickly helps me win you're not gonna like talk him out of not playing him because you're like well what if you play deuce mcbride and like well can deuce dribble yet are we sure deuce can dribble yet um they yeah, also so- have they also have dante divincenzo who has a long history of that because that's what he accused the sacramento kings of doing <laughs> Uh, yeah, like, a year and a half ago, so he could be like, "Listen, I see what they're doing here, quick." <laughs> yeah, on the shoulder. Yeah, he's, he's a watchdog. <laughs> why, why don't you? Why don't you just uh, get on out of here so I can get some more minutes? Um, <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's a little bit. IQ has kind of this amphibious role, right? 
mm-hmm. um, where he plays a lot of that's part of his value. Um, you know, he can play on ball next to he can play on ball and lead the bench. That is something McBride. Uh, I think Mark Berman was like, "Let Deuce run," and I'll I'll say or he said Miles McBride. Like he, that's how you can tell he's a fed, right? Because he didn't say Deuce. He said, "Let Miles McBride run." Um, you know, he and and it's like uh, I'm I have been the biggest believer in Deuce. He can shoot. Like, don't pay attention to the percentages. You know, take that for data, whatever. Um, but he can't do, he can't lead a bench unit. Um, I think if there's anyone they would see as a quickly replacement in that role, it's Rokos Jokubaitis, uh, in Europe, um, who's probably the, the top, you know, European prospect right now outside the NBA. Um, so it's, um, I don't, um, I don't think that they have a, I, I think it's, I think when you talk about a difference between 20 and 25, it can get a little, I don't want to say petty, but it can get into some of the kind of emotions around it where the Knicks say, you know, we, the Knicks might say, we helped you kind of develop. We giving you this, we're giving you generational money. And IQ would say is that, yeah, but you started Alfred Payton over me. You had Alec Burks as the starting point guard, um, you know, kept Evan Fournier in the starting lineup. There's probably some there's probably some feelings on both sides that make that five million gap a little bit more than it seems, but I mean I think that we don't know all the facts. You know, you could we can go into a million different theories. Um, ultimately, I don't think it matters a lot. I am curious because IQ had a teammate who was also potentially eligible for extension this year. We heard earlier this summer that the the Sixers weren't going to extend Maxi. I'm definitely curious to your thoughts on that trill as well, but. Um, but I think this is a nothing bugger. I would have liked to lock up IQ. Um, I especially, people have talked about, you know, it's difficult to trade him this year if you sign him to the extension. Um, I would rather have been able to trade him next summer because I think that's when they're going to make the move. But um, can, can I, I, I don't think it like, changes a whole lot. That If that was their reasoning, like, it would, I don't think there's their reasoning because it's so, it'd be so fucking stupid to not do that. Like, oh, no, 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 we want to extend him, but we're not going to do it because if some player X becomes available, we want to be able to trade him easily. Like, I think that would be insane. Um, I mean, what do we, we know what we're talking about. We, we're talking about Joel Embiid. We're not talking about anybody else. Joel Embiid is not going to become available in, the, in this fucking season. It's not happening. Like, Daryl Morey is not going to trade him in the middle of the season because once Daryl Morey has, trades him, this, that's it. Like, he's done. Like, he's, he's done in Philly. I just cannot imagine that being extent, like his, I'd be shocked. You guys can. Daryl's not. Daryl's not trading anyone. Yeah. What Daryl doesn't. <laughs> Daryl will literally hold Joel's family hostage <laughs> and be like, "No, there's no way I'm trading. Ownership won't allow it. Maury won't be on board with it." I believe me. I'm speaking from experience here. <laughs> this is the second time in uh, three years that we have been doing. The same thing. Uh, Joel's not becoming available in season. Now, he might be available next offseason, which would make that quickly extension point moot, uh, Mm -hmm. which you're talking about right now. I mean, look, I personally think that a lot of teams tend to like to pay their guys early. And I think in some circumstances, it's good to just take care of your guys where it's like, all right, this guy's obviously worth this much to us. We want to take care of this guy. He was a hit for us at the end of the first round in a draft uh, where we, we missed on the eighth pick in the draft and we got this really good player in the twenties 
Um, and we, we traded the other player. I, I can understand that, but I also think from the Knicks perspective in terms of signing quickly, you're just keeping your options open. I mean, you have his restricted rights. You want to try to make him prove it over the course of this season. He's a really, really good regular season player, and he's proven it over and over. But if you're trying to build a championship team and that's the ultimate goal, you'll get a third time, I would imagine, to see him in the playoffs, see if he can work through some of the things that he struggled with in the playoffs. And if he has that and he proves that, you can pay him next summer and everyone's happy. I wouldn't overpay a guy like a ton of money unless I felt like he was he had all star potential on 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 these kind of deals or it was one of those things where it's like you're you're trying to kind of build in the progression and make the contract like a steal. And if you're paying him twenty five million dollars, it's just never gonna be a steal. It might yeah. be adequate value a year from now with the rising cap, but it's not gonna be like the greatest contract in the NBA. So I, I think it's fine for both sides to wait. Quickly can prove that he's worth this money and the uh-huh. Knicks can keep their options open whether they want to trade him, extend him or whatever. Real quick, I do want to ask this is what I was hinting at, like how do you feel about the Sixers not extending Maxi? We can give well, I think it's extra. stupid to be completely honest with you. And the reason the Would you have given him Max? Like a Max exception? Uh, yes, mainly due to the fact that your other options are what exactly? Like I understand that they're trying to keep him and try to get him under uh you know, so they can have this cap space plan or whatever next summer. I would have paid a guy like him. The the team clearly I'll put it like this. The team clearly sees him as a future all-star because otherwise they would have traded him for Damian Lillard. They never once put him on the table for Damian Lillard. They never once put him on the table for any of these stars that became available. So if the team is telling you that, then the team is also telling you they think he's going to be an all-star at the very minimum. And if that's the case, then yeah, I'd just give him the max contract and not really worry about it because as the money goes up, all these deals look insane right now, but three years from now, we're going to be like, that's actually not that bad of a contract. If the guy is who you think he is, and they're already making that bet on Maxi by not trading him for these stars. So that's, that's the thing for me with Maxi personally, but that's also, that's a little bit different just because the Sixers have kind of backed themselves into the corner where like, if Maxi isn't an all-star, they're fucked. <laughs> they're probably fucked either way to be clear, but well, I mean, I, this is why I don't think is. I think we're in the middle of um, the cap landscape changing in a way that is um, going to make this happen. This is part of uh, Malcolm Brogdon has fucked Emmanuel quickly twice. One by getting his uh, six man of the year stolen from him, and then second because he uh, he was part of the negotiation team, the ace negotiation team that led this new CBA. Everybody just gets extended nobody plays with cap space anymore really like i think the only person who's kind of zagging is daryl Morey, and i don't think he actually really means it he's just saying that because he doesn't want to trade james harden so his cap space plan is like a a move it was forced upon him until a better option comes along (laughs) he will have a cap space plan so so if if i'm if i'm the knicks and i have Emmanuel quickly. Look, the Knicks are one of the few teams that hypothetically could use cap space. One of like three or four teams in the entire NBA that like actually have a destination that is would hypothetically be worth it. But you know, like Evan Fournier is a team option. I believe the team will be. Um, <laughs> God, I, 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 yeah. I have a feeling they will be moving on from Evan Fournier. Breaking less a fair uh, take to that. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah. So, you know, and I, but, you know, you still got two more years, you know, on the, the Randall and, and Brunson deals. So, I mean, like, it's not like that the Knicks were never going to be cap space players like anyway. Um, so why not see what happens in season um, with quickly? Um, if you I understand because if you do need to trade him, it does make it easier to trade him. Like there's probably not going to be a circumstance where you would need to trade Emmanuel quickly. But like. You know, I, I don't know. You never know. Things change fast in the NBA. Like, there can be times when, like, somebody that we have no idea right now is going to become available, becomes available. I think the guy that I'm hearing the Knicks have been kind of kicking their tires are that uh, is probably going to be available in the next year besides Embiid is Cat. Um, and I think that, you know, given some of the salaries and stuff that they would, you know, want to move and, you know, it makes quickly a more appealing um, trade ship. But at the same time, you know, if none of that stuff materializes, you can just go back to the table. You have the um, restricted free agent rights. You can match any contract he yeah. gets. And nobody nobody is going to be paying him that money because nobody's going to have that cap space. So you're really, you know, betting against your, you know, you're dealing against yourself. Um, the players union kind of screwed a lot of their middling level guys on this one. And I think that's why a lot of guys are extending. We're seeing more guys extend over the last like two or three years and like especially this offseason. So I, I don't think it like necessarily tells of like, you know, quickly in the Knicks or uh, at odds or anything like that. I think it just kind of makes sense for the Knicks front office and they're kind of the hammer right here. So they're just going to wait it out. And I, I don't think I don't see a way that they get punished for that unless like they hire Unless they somebody does what the Knicks did with Jalen Brunson to them, where they like hire <laughs> Quickly's dad as a coach <laughs> and then like do all this other. But Jalen Jalen was also unrestricted, right? Yeah, yeah that's true. And Jalen was unrestricted, so it doesn't even matter, you know. Like so, yeah. if, and the Shark to... Tank was out. They yeah. said this is why I'm out because right. they could have paid him for fifty six. So you'd have to pull right. the Rob Palinka where he was Carlos Boozer's agent when he was on the Cavs, and he was like, just get rid of his restricted rights for no apparent reason. And then he went out and got him a better offer. And then they turned around oh, and they were like, Oh, what a slime ball move by Rob. I think it was Rob Palinka. We know and, Rob Palinka hates Ohio. So that makes yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, true. And, uh, and also uh, screwed over the first era of the LeBron cab. So, well, that was like, yeah, that was the whole thing was really funny. Cause I think it was like, they couldn't give him a certain amount of years unless he was unrestricted. Yeah. And so he's like, yeah, yeah, dude, don't worry. We're totally going to agree to that deal. And he's like, just kidding, by the See way, ya. going to Utah, um, which is how you know that he must have gotten paid because he went to Utah. Uh, but, yeah, like, I, look, I, I think the quickly thing, I will say, like, the way, you know, listening to Sam this entire summer just have, like, meltdowns about Marcus Smart being traded is kind of, like, my feeling about quickly where I'm just like, to me, he's, like, a player who you're, I mean, this kind of happened with Smart, right, where it's, like, every year the Celtics were bringing in a point guard and then finally they were, like, well, fine. What if we just make you point guard, dude? Um, yeah, which kind of worked out pretty well. And then, like, I'm not saying I think Brunson is a different. It's a different scenario, but mm-hmm. um, in the sense that, like, you have these this guy who can play with Brunson, replace Brunson when Brunson's injured or when he's not on the floor, and gives you value in different ways. Provides value in basically every. I think every player combination he's been in through his three years have been positive on the floor, so he's basically just, like, winning all his minutes all the time. Even the R.J. Um, Barrett minutes? 
<laughs> yeah, they win the RJ. They win the quickly bear minutes. They're Rock gonna come one. for you, man. They're gonna come. <laughs> <for you>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, again, that is at Trollbro Dude on Twitter. Uh, feel free to <laughs> send mean tweets at him. Uh, but I have one guy named RJ Barrett truther. Who's a fan of the podcast. And he literally will just tweet me anytime we talk about Barrett, anytime on the podcast, he just tweets me a different photo of RJ. And it's just like, RJ was like stunting in like a polo the other day. And he said it to me. So they know, they know me already. Yeah. I know better than to disrespect RJ Barrett. Cause well, he might be, um, dog shit, 78 games out of the year. The four games he played is against the Celtics. He will always cook them for a he in on purpose. Purpose. He called yeah. Egg Comets, Sam. Yeah. I was just like, I definitely I'm like, tweets about that. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say a damn thing about RJ Barrett. He had a, he had a game winner in front of me about, that's what happens. Right. I spent the entire season shitting on Mac Jones, and he plays like Patrick Mahomes yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But but yeah, like I, I like yeah, I, I kind of agree with you guys. I think for <laughs> Knicks fans, it's more. I mean, look, we extended RJ, we extended Mitch, we haven't extended a first round pick before RJ from like I think Charlie Ward was the last one. Um, so like it had been a really long time, and so there's always this kind of like, like what are they up to? They must be about to trade this guy, and it's like. I'm not saying they won't trade him. Maybe they will. But I don't I, I would be very surprised if like, oh, we didn't come to an extension. Now we must trade him or we will trade. I don't think it's a signal of some certain path they're gonna choose. And and like I've mentioned this before too, like the like if you want to say, well, they're probably gonna trade him, like, yeah, I mean, look, the odds are everybody in the NBA gets traded. So not really like saying much by saying that. Um we'll see what ends up happening. Uh I still suspect that. They'll play a ton of minutes because they want to win ball games, and he helps them win ball games. So, and Tom Thibodeau is our head coach, so I can't imagine that anything else will be a priority other than winning games. Uh, sometimes his evaluations of what helps you win games are not accurate, but uh, I do think that he, if he doesn't he, play quickly minutes, it will be it won't be because he's trying to depress his contract. Value. Yeah, it'll just be because Tibbs is doing some stupid Tibbs thing where he's like, I have to have Josh Hart on the floor right now. Um, which we saw in the playoffs was really awesome. Got to have heart. Can you really elaborate on that? Miles and Miles of heart. Could I elaborate on that? <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's a Shane uh, Falco reference. Come on, man. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Look, let's move on from the quickly discussion uh, to our broader Atlantic Division talk. Um, let's start with Sam's favorite team, the Toronto Raptors. Let's go. Uh, so they had an off season. That's the thing that happened to them. Uh, and, and they, <laughs> technically. They technically had an offseason. <laughs> so, so Fred Landley is out. Uh, Dennis Schroeder is in. They keep Gary Trent Jr. I'm struggling to think. They, they extended Jakob Pertl, his new, con- his new contract. I can't believe you're forgetting that the earth-shattering move of acquiring not Jaden McDaniels, but Jalen McDaniels from the Philadelphia 76ers. <laughs> the funniest thing about that was actually seeing, like, Sixers fans meltdowns. They're like, the fuck, man? Daryl Morey traded Matisse time. And I was like, I kind of understand why this is annoying. Actually. We were we were upset because it was a salary dump of yeah. Matisse, and I called it at the time. <laughs> And Jalen was kind of underwhelming for us. He had moments where it was like, oh, this guy's an athletic player that the Sixers just don't have any of those. (laughs) Uh, So it looks good. 
But yeah, I mean, overall, it's whatever. Like, uh, it's it's a very nothing move. But we love to get enraged all the time. That's what we do. So. It's a big part of like being part of the Northeast fan bases is just yep. constantly being upset at all your exactly. Teams. Yes, yes. <laughs> the, you actually, you, we're allowed to make fun of our teams, but if anybody else does it, it's like fuck you. That's not that's our thing. That's not your yeah. thing. How uh, do you don't feel like you're Elton gonna have. Yeah. <laughs> if if you don't feel like you're you're gonna have a heart attack every time you watch the team, you're not doing it right. Yeah, I was, but, I was gonna say that the Raptors went through the transformation last because, like, for a while, like Raptors fans were like the ones that were just like, um, what I would call psychotically positive. Yeah, um, to the point of like anyone, but then, then, but then Masai like broke them because they they yeah. were finally good for a little bit, and then they were like, oh, we're just gonna be good forever, and now they're like they've been like jaded by like the front office being like fucked up that like all of us have gone through it like different <laughs> well, so hours of the time. It, it was the, the Lowry yeah. thing is the one that broke them. I think where they were like, yeah. why did we not trade Kyle Lowry? And he was just like, well, you know, the fucking offers weren't good. And it's like, we have and to then send they, a message to the, to the entire league that you can't lowball him. Yeah, you can't this, lowball I don't understand how, what is, what do people not get? You can't lowball Masai Ujiri. He will literally, he will, let a player walk to another team for absolutely nothing and prove prove that he's one of the most elite GMs we've ever seen in the NBA. Well, don't he forget, lose it for nothing. They did get they did acquire Precious Achua uh from the Lowry team. Which did is he get an extension today? He did not. And so the he actually has the same agent as quickly, by the way. Uh but what's funny about that is I just like I think what broke them was very specifically they were like, oh well he salvaged it, he got precious. And then for the last two years, I've been like, so what does Precious do for us? Like, yeah. what is his skill set that makes him different from the other six nine guys in this team that can't shoot or dribble very well? There was uh, a rumor that the Sixers uh, offered Maxi at one point. There really hasn't ever been confirmation of that. But there was a rumor that they offered Maxi and that for Lowry, Masai right? for Lowry and Masai yeah. wanted a, um, another first round pick on top of Maxi Thibel and Danny Green. And uh, at the time for Kyle Lowry, who was like 35, and he yeah. was going to be a free agent in a few months. And there, w- there was a time when when people were still abiding by Raptor State Media that follow the Raptors. I mean, you, you can't actually buy that, right? Because if they didn't apply, they didn't offer him for Dame. <laughs> but it's a different him? point, right? Yeah, this was a different years, point in the this career. Was, yeah. This he was a rookie. He didn't even really oh, play that much as rookie okay, so year. I thought it was after yeah. last year. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. no, no, no. This was way, way long ago. This was. Uh, 2021 trade deadline. So this was before Maxi was a starter. This was before he had only played like 40 games in the NBA, probably at that point. Uh, not even, probably 25. But long story short, here this was before Raptors fans stopped believing everything state media fed them. And uh, Precious Achua, they were arguing that Precious Achua was actually better than Maxi. Yeah, yeah. So that was a fun six months until we got to the playoffs. <laughs> And Maxi scored 39 points in the first game against the Raptors. And I was like, okay, I think we can end this argument. <laughs> <laughs> it's good talk, guys. It was a fun six months. Uh, but, like, I guess well, they also drafted, uh, as Andrew online uh, pointed out here, they drafted the second Swaggis White Boy in the first round. They did draft Grady Dick. True. Um, what, like, so, so they still have, okay, OG has an expiring contract. Pascal has an expiring contract. And it feels like they're very upset with Pascal because he's just been publicly like, I'm not going to extend anywhere, and I want to stay in Toronto. Which I, I actually don't think he wants to stay in Toronto. Or I, he's open to it, is what I would I would guess. 
my feeling from this has been consistently that he just wants to hit free agency. Yeah, because, he just wants one more payday. Right, and so like, and he knows which is smart. Yeah, and he's looking at this market, and he's like, "I'm going to be the biggest name out there." Exactly. So like, I have all this leverage. Why would I sign an extension that you want me to take? That's not going to pay me the number that I want. So I might as well go to free agency. And I think they know this, and they're upset at him. They're trying to like basically get him to say he'll extend with somebody else so they can trade him. I don't really understand what the strategy is behind just being like, yeah, so fucking Pascal's a selfish piece of shit. Uh, but we like him. You know, he's fine. He's a good yeah. guy. <laughs> yeah. uh, he will not extend anywhere else, by the way. Don't get mad at us. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's uh, very obvious our three best players are all power forwards, but um, I don't see how this is my problem as the general manager. Uh, <laughs> I think it's fine. So... I think Pascal needs to, you know, buck up. I got Dennis Schroeder. (laughs) Did you watch the FIBA World Cup? I got Dennis Schroeder. The the second to third best player on the Germany team. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) So I I guess, like, do you guys, one, I do kind of still feel like the bottom won't fall out because they're not incentivized to, right? They traded their pick, which is top eight protected. So it's yep. not like they can really afford to just suck. And, like, Masai clearly doesn't know what he's doing. And I feel like if you don't know what you're doing, you tend to err on the side of, like, we need to win games so I look good. They have a new coach. Um, we'll see what comes of that. I just, like, do you act? Do you see this team – do you really see Masai not making a move with, like, OG or Pascal – by the trade line, because I think that's really all the season boils down to for them, where it's like, whatever they are, even if they, you know, have a good season, that's going to be what, like they sneak in as a six seed or they get, they win a play-in game and, and get stomped in the first round. Like they're not going to do anything. So to me, it's like, so are you going to play for that upside or will Masai finally just be like, okay, look, like I can't, I can't just keep doing this. I got to like punt on one of these guys i i no, would like to believe yeah like that's the like, i would he's like never to gonna believe. do it damian lillard was yeah. just available and you didn't even offer <laughs> either of them or scotty barnes so like i it's insanity is believing the same thing what i don't even remember the saying i'm fucking up the saying but say a uh, same doing the same thing over and over again and expecting uh different results masai will never trade og ananobi or pascal siakam End of conversation. Let's move on from that. It's it's just like how many times are we gonna see him eat like him just making little meaningless trades at the deadline that maybe incrementally improve the team, only to wait a few months and then set the team back again. Like you make the Yaka Pertle trade. The funniest part about all this is that at last deadline. We, we always make fun of the Thad Young trade because that's like a horrible, horrible trade that we never understood. The The second it happened, we're like, why did you just trade a first round pick for a guy who's like an eighth man? And now he's like a 12th man and he's like 35. Like I, I, I was in high school when the Sixers drafted Thad Young and I'm 33 years old. Like he I never understood that trade. But the Jakob Pertle one was funny to me because they get Jakob Pertle. He comes in, he's actually pretty good for them. He, he fits a role, a need that they had. And he unlocks Fred Van Fleet. And then Fred Van Fleet walks. <laughs> like, look at his stats with Fred Van, Fle- Fred Van Fleet's stats with Jakob Bertel. And then they let him walk in free agency. So, like, 
I don't know, man. Like, I, I don't. I think besides too stubborn to ever trade any of these. Try to spin that into them like doing something right by Fred. He's like, no, we wanted to do like we want to do something right by Fred. I'm like, what the fuck are you? What does that mean? Like, what, is, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Something right by Fred. What does that? What does that mean? So I, I just think it's it's so weird. It's it's like Masai is kind of he's like making this bet that like if I show everyone that I'm serious about getting huge return for my guys, eventually someone's gonna overpay me for my guys. But that just keeps not happening, and now they're just gonna hit free agency. Um and like everything I just said about nobody having cap space and like nobody's gonna pay for like Emmanuel quickly. Someone might actually pay for OG and Anobi. He's like right on the cusp of like a guy you would actually use cap space on because he's really useful to a lot of different teams. Like he is the prototypical 3-4 that can shoot from the corners, and that is what everybody is looking for. Orlando and... needs another one really badly. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just I think that like I think he like kind of bet against himself and he keeps trying to make the team good because he's not trading his guys. So he has to be like, oh well we're like you know we're being competitive. And it's just it's not convincing anyone, least of all Nick Nurse, who is just like, all right, I'm fucking out of here. Yeah. Like they're clearly in the part <laughs> of the rebuild where yeah. everybody leaves and you hand the keys over to your good young player. And I'm using good pretty loosely in the term of Scotty <laughs> Barnes. So I you know, like and I I'm I'm being unfair because I actually like Scotty like okay, but like he's in real danger of turning into Ben Simmons if you don't like do something for him and don't make him. I mean, he doesn't shoot. Is he even Ben Simmons? Like he's not that fast or. Yeah, Ben Simmons without three All Star appearances. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, no, I, I, I more just mean like just how Ben Simmons was just like it was impossible for Ben Simmons to be useful to a winning basketball team, and, and like we got there. So um, it, that's kind of what's in the cards for Scotty Barnes. So yeah, and it is fun that like Raptors fans are kind of catching up to this. Like they're like, what the fuck is he doing? They also have Gary Trent Jr. still. There's the other like they they have him still, and it's like. I don't really. No, wait. Well, hold on. Hold on. Chris Haynes tweeted in July that they're working on right. an extension that <laughs> yeah. will be done as soon as possible. It's now <laughs> October 23rd. No extension for Gary Trent Jr. What does he do? What does Masai do? I thought you were going to ask about Chris Haynes. No. Oh, no. no. <laughs> oh, I know what he does. I mean, yeah. he's very he's very good at his job. It's just his job might not be so important. His job is really <laughs> blowing smoke up Damian Lillard's ass. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he's good at that. And Giannis. <laughs> I, I, I feel bad for Chris Haynes, man. Can you imagine going from being like, I'm going to be living in my, uh, Miami to, oh, my God, I have to live in Milwaukee. What was the tweet that got him in trouble? Did he? Maybe name someone else, but yeah. <laughs> uh, but so like the I, I, what Messiah, I don't know what he's been doing for the past basically like two years since that Lowry thing. Like because they 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 kind of they got that six seed right after they drafted Scotty Barnes. So Scotty's rookie year, they get the six seed. But even then, it always felt like that team was you're like okay, but none of you can shoot, and you just play this like insane style where all you're doing is like 
trying to get offensive rebounds constantly. Yeah, and, and turnovers. turnovers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And nobody can dribble. Yeah. Uh, like, what's happening right now? And I, I do, I agree with you. Like, I do think Nick Nurse probably at one point, because, you know, there was all this stuff about, like, oh, Nick Nurse, he's running his guys on the ground, he's playing Fred Van Vliet all these minutes. And, like, that's true, but then you'd also watch these minutes on Fred Van Vliet, and I know, like, I know there were Raptors fans who are like, well, he never gave Malachi Flynn a chance, okay? And it's like, okay, may, maybe that that's fair, but also maybe Malachi Flynn isn't good. Yeah, maybe that's why I didn't give him a chance. Like, I mean, the only person who's given Malachi Flynn a chance is Ball Don't Stop. <laughs> his pro He's the summer, Ball Don't so. Stop like, archetype. Yeah, exactly. No, he, yeah, yeah. he, on that, this is not a bit, by the way. He, he plays at Ball Don't Stop's pro ams. Like, he doesn't get on the NBA uh, court, but yeah. <laughs> he dropped okay. like 70 in one of the amateur games. That's uh, right. I, at, yeah. Yeah. I'll also say that on draft night with the Knicks took manual quickly, uh, I did a pod with, Prez and, and Schwinn and, and Tyrese and there was at least one person I'm not going to say names um, might be on the spot right now and it ain't Schwinn who wanted Malachi <laughs> Flynn over quickly if I like him more. So, I actually oh. like Malachi Flynn as a prospect too but it was pretty obvious pretty quickly that he was yeah, no, no pun intended. Pretty quickly, he I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say this: Malachi Flynn, ball don't stop stamped. You know who else is ball don't stop stamped? Peyton, Peyton Pritchard, Pritchard who has been huge. So, and we all made fun of all those stop all last year when Peyton Pritchard was riding the bench. I'm just saying, resurgence is coming. So we heard we heard a lot of reports. By the way, I just want to clarify: uh, it was Mark Haynes who had some tweets that went. um, Oh right, uh, not Chris. Sorry, so I don't want to. I don't want to slander Chris Haynes. Mark Haynes was the one who had some. Look that up for your own time. Uh, (laughs) What we've heard also on that note is like the Celtics wanted quickly. And that's why the Knicks had to take him at 25. And do you know if there's truth to that? or? Uh... I, the, I, I feel like that draft, I think Danny Ainge was still in charge in yeah, that draft. Was. And Danny Ainge is a pathological liar. He has done more lying by himself than the rest of the Mormons that have walked this earth combined. He is the, he's the Mormon liar. And he always said that about everything. Like, oh, yeah, I wanted we, Draymond. We really wanted Tyler Hero, but we just we couldn't get up ahead of Miami, so we had to take Romeo Langford. There was just there was no way around it. Uh, you know, we we had to take Aaron Neesmith. There was just ah, it was it was happening. So we're going to take four picks to get justice. Or did did right you out. did you know that uh, did you know that Masai almost traded up for Giannis? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, so I've seen video actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah state media uh, leaked. State media leaked the draft room footage. We're, of, we're, and my favorite part about that is they're like, I'm like, what was he going to trade? Oh, uh, 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 we don't have vibe. a first. They didn't have a first round pick. That was the year that they traded their first round pick for Kyle Lowry. So there was no way that they could. He just, just called. He's like, hey, so fucking, you guys want to just give me your lottery pick? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's worth a shot. Has anyone ever tried it? You know, we do joke about this, but actually the Celtics did just get a first-round pick for free, and they took Kelly Olynyk instead of Giannis from the Mavericks. It was a salary dump, right? No, we we traded up We because the the pick that was Bebe Noguera. Lucas Nogueira. Lucas Nogueira. Yeah, yeah, whatever. He, uh, he, that, the, there was some trade with the Hawks where we ended up trading up for Kelly Olynyk in that draft. And, um, 
I was devastated. I hated that pick. And it turned out to be pretty good outside of drafting ahead of Giannis. But it was a – outside of that. <laughs> other, other than being one pick before Giannis or two picks. Well, out of, I don't know. It would be early just, over Jokic if that makes you feel better. Yeah, this is what I'm saying. Like all those guys like Jokic. Everyone. Everyone picked, picked someone ahead of Jokic. And the Sixers passed on Giannis league, twice. So Yeah, I was going to say half the teams in the league passed on Giannis at least once. So it's like that like doesn't count to me. You know, like it's not like the Kings drafting Marvin, Marvin Bagley over over um, Luca, oh, whenever God. everyone knew that Luca. Was hey, Marvin Bagley got a second contract, buddy. Or the Timberwolves taking, <laughs> <laughs> taking two point guards over Steph. <laughs> That's Chris. That's the worst ever. There's yeah. never been anything worse. I mean, like I, I can see Ricky Rubio was supposed to be like him. Like and he had a good I, career. I, I can kind of get that. Yeah, and he was like fine in his career. It's the Johnny Flynn pick is the one versus yeah. like. Come on, man. I'll never forget. I think Dion Waiters get picked sixth or something fourth, like that. Or fourth, fourth, fourth. It, was fourth. It, was, it was the Cavs took yeah. Tristan Thompson and Dion Waiters. Same yeah, that's what it was. So they picked him fourth, and he was the sixth man on his college team. <laughs> he literally did not start for Syracuse that uh, year. <laughs> Devin Booker also didn't start for Kentucky, so stay with they're starting. There's not starting for Syracuse, and there's not starting for Kentucky. They were the best. They were the best college team like of all time. Yeah, I was gonna say that Kentucky. <laughs> I know they didn't win the title, but like that is like I did safely though. Was that the John Wall boogie team? No, that was like, Carl Anthony yeah, Towns, Harrison Twins, Alex Poitras uh, was a good college player. Yeah, they yeah, had yeah. Uh, yeah. Willie Cauley Stein, That's the Trey Lyles. Yeah, Willie Cauley Stein. Good. I mean, it was a, it was a Kentucky team where they had a million six ten dudes. So some, one of them is playing the two, basically. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say so just to kind of put a bow on or bury the Raptors. <laughs> more and more apropos. Uh, like. Does anything they actually do this season matter? Because I really feel like this is kind of a pointless season for them in the sense of you're trying to clearly reorient around Scotty, but you've not done anything with the roster really. And like that's what I don't get about it. At least like, yeah. if you were trying to win still, but you had moved some pieces around, like you get rid of Siakam, you know, uh, you get some shooters in, like I would be fine with that. But it just feels like they did not. They did the draft. They signed Dennis Schroeder. And they were like, okay, that's it. We're good. I, I think they could have been interesting if they had traded for Dame. I'm going to be honest. Like, I, I was kind of saying on our podcast that I, I thought trading Scotty Barnes for Dame was not a bad idea. Like, why not? You have all of these – everyone else besides Scotty Barnes is a good player right now. Why not trade Grady Dick and um, uh, uh, Scotty Barnes and – get Dame and I think that would have been a pretty compelling package they didn't I guess they didn't trade Kevin Durant <laughs> trade for Kevin Durant when they had Scott Barnes so my, my thing with this too is that. like like when you ultimately see what Dame got traded for mm -hmm. I don't even think they needed to get up Scotty I really don't I think if they were willing to pony up the picks because they have what they have three of their own first they would be able to offer two swaps and they had the contracts to give up like I think Gary Trent Jr. and some of the other shit would have gotten in there. Chris Boucher, yeah. Yeah. I mean, but, I mean do, you, do you give any credence to the idea that, like, yeah, he said, I only want to play for Miami and I won't play otherwise. But if you're like, all right, but you get to play with Giannis, that changes things in a way that you get to go to Canada. I, I have a it. hard time believing that if they So you think got, he, would, he wouldn't have, they would have, like, he would have, I think, have I think if they well. got everything that they would have wanted, let's say everything within reason. So I'm just saying, like, the picks and expiring contracts for Dane from Toronto. I think they would have been like, look, we love you and we're super, like, it's cool that you have 
preferences. Uh, our preference is to not get jack shit for you. And so, therefore, we will be doing this trade. But now, I mean, like, is you... Toronto worried that he's just going to not show up at that? Because I think he will show up because it's Giannis. Maybe, uh, like, is that a thing that kind of... Dame was never not showing up, yeah. let's be honest. But, but beyond this, I think they did make that offer, and I think that they okay. did the math and they realized that getting Drew Holiday and flipping him for Malcolm Brogdon, Robert Williams, and two more first-round picks, getting a future far-out Bucks pick and a buck swap, the draft capital similar, the player contracts, Brogdon, Rob Williams, and then I guess Aiton is a separate trade in itself. But they got enough talent back yeah, for yeah. the Blazers. Like I, I think, that I think they, they did fine in the trade. I think they I think the Raptors made a legit offer. They just tried not to offer like Drew Holiday was by far the best player right. that was offered compared to whatever the Raptors would offer because they were never putting in OG Pascal, Scotty, whatever. Long story Miami short, never offered Hero. He's a huge part of their future. Uh, yeah, I know I saw that today. Yeah, which <laughs> honestly, respect to Pat Riley, I think it's really cool that he's standing by his players like that and that he would never he would never trade um, you know, as Sam has called it before, pituitary gland Jack Harlow. Um <laughs> Uh, <laughs> laughing at my own jokes. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> it's a good, it's a good nickname. Yeah. Although I found out they're only they're like the same height, which is unfortunate, but it's, mm. it's still still good for the for the bit. But um, but yeah, no, I here's the thing with the Raptors this year. I think they're going to be annoyingly competitive, like yeah. they usually mm. are. I think that they're going to be they're going to steal a lot of wins because their whole thing under Nurse, their whole thing under this new coach. Is just always been, we're going to be the pain in the ass team. No one wants to play on a Wednesday night when they're missing their star or guys are just kind of phoning it in. They're going to steal a bunch of wins on the margins because they're just going to out hustle you from night to night. I don't think they have the talent to win a playoff series. I don't think they even have the talent to really even make the playoffs. They they might be in that play in range and get in as a lower seed. Um, but I do think that they will be one of those teams where it's just it's a lot of the same energy it's a lot of the same whatever and the thing that you really the only thing you can really bank on this year is developmental progress hopefully from OG's finally taking the leap in year 7 or 8 or whatever it is and then Scotty Barnes uh developing into more of an on-ball creator type uh, those are the two things that I guess you can look forward to, but I don't think they have the spacing to ever have a good offense. They don't have the engine to have a good offense. They don't have the pieces to be a good team this year. And I think that I what's their over under? What's their line? Uh, I can, I can uh, look it up real 37 quick. Thirty seven and a half. Um, Thirty five and a half. Thirty seven and a half. I, I don't. I bet it. No, I think we took the slight over on this, but only because. I think they're going to win like 38 or 39 games and they'll be like the 10, the nine or 10 seed. Um, so yeah, they have that to look forward to. Yeah. I, I, I don't see any scenario where they win like 45 games though. We, we had it 36 and a half when we did our lines. Okay. Yeah. It, I figured they're going to rest somewhere in that well, range. We drove it slight over. Yeah. The more I thought about this though, I kind of wish I had taken the under, honestly, to be honest, because the 36 and a half, by the way, is on. Nick Nurse did a lot of that. It's it's a low line, but like Nick Nurse did a lot, and they were like playing like six guy rotations just to like grind out these wins. And yeah. I just like I don't know. We have no idea if this coach is good. You know what I'm saying? Like like that's the other thing. I, I think Nick Nurse was doing a lot for that team. I mean, he was making his guys hate him in the process, but like you know, they I think they were getting like a maximum 
amount out of their their guys. And I just think that they don't have that much talent on the roster. So this guy is going to be under, you know, he was hired by this front office. He's going to be under a mandate to like play all their developmental guys and stuff like that. Like I, he might be under I a subpoena. <laughs> uh, no, but he. So I also think like there's something to be said of just it's fun to make fun of like Masai and just the Raptors in general. But even like when they became that kind of like a joke when they had the DeRozan Lowry thing, where it was like you know LeBron owned them and everything. LeBronto, like that team was together for a long time. They built kind of like there's like an uh, inherent like baseline foundation you establish right with the group and so like they had that for a while right and so when they win the championship of course they take out Drozen and they added Kawhi they make a trade for Gasol right like they're those pieces now like people forget it wasn't just Kawhi left sure but that next year right like they still had Marcus Gasol they still had Ibaka they still had those guys and now like you those guys are gone right they're and obviously they're they're retired like they're they're done playing basketball for all intents and purposes but also like now you've lost Van Vliet, you've lost Lowry. You've lost these guys that like kind of were the culture. And I I I do believe this was part of what was very like, you know, there were all these reports last year of like internal discord, right? Um, of like the vets not getting along with the young guys. Yeah. And I do think there's something of like when Pascal came in, when OG came in, when Fred Van Vliet came in, they came into a, a an organization that had like built a certain standard. So when they were coming in. Like those guys that were still like that were the core of the team were establishing that standard, and you had to meet that to kind of like be with the team or whatever. They right? won fifty games like right. every year. Like, right, they, and, they just don't do that anymore. Yeah. So. and and now it's like you've lost so much of that, and it's like you're turning it over to Scotty, but you know that Pascal sitting there like I'm fucking better than him, so you yep. can't turn it over to him. Like give me the ball, and it's this weird thing. So I don't know. I just. I still think I'm more with you where I think they'll be really annoying to play because even if Pascal is annoyed, I just think he's a real pro. Like he's going to try, he's going to compete and they have a lot of those dudes. So like, even if they don't get along, I do think on a collective level, they'll generally try. Is that enough? I don't know. I wouldn't love betting this because you know, all it, it takes would be is, a stay away for me. It just yeah. feels around the range that they're going to settle in. I don't feel confident in either direction. I do think they're a playing team. I do think they'll be a playing team. Yeah. All right. Enough about the fucking Raptors. Um, let's move on. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> let's get them out of here. Yeah. Let's let's move on to the most boring team in the division, which is the Brooklyn Nets. Um, I don't have strong thoughts on this team. I think they'll be really good on defense. I think they'll be really bad on offense. And Ben Simmons maybe will play some games this year, and that will be cool. And McCall Bridges will score a lot of points for a bad offense and. People will pretend that he should have had more usage uh, while he was on the Suns with Devin Booker or something like that. What about Cam Thomas? He was averaging four breakout three game stretch. <laughs> That's right. Ball That's don't right. stop. He's got the stamp. He's like the ball don't stop king. Yeah, I, I do. I, I I love the joke about Cam Thomas because he is the ball don't stop ultimate <laughs> player. But I'm sorry if you score forty points in three games in your second year in the NBA at like twenty years old or twenty one years old. You are an NBA player, and it's like it's kind of wild to me that everyone has like even including the Nets' own coach has just been like, "No, nah, you're not even getting minutes 
Uh, so I, I'm interested to see. Uh, look, he's a he is a ball of energy and chaos that I enjoy watching. I don't know if he's ever going to contribute to winning basketball, but he's certainly a fun player. Uh, ben Simmons is the Renaissance is so funny to me because he's only averaging like eight points a game in the preseason, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, everyone, and everyone's like he's back, and I'm like, bro, he the has not. He hasn't averaged 15 points a game since before COVID hit. We're coming up. We're, we're, by the way, during this NBA season, we're going to have the fourth anniversary of COVID. And Ben Simmons has not averaged more than 15 points a game since before. It's over. Like, he might be a, 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 a very good defensive player. And he might get some assists and rebounds and whatever and fill up the stat sheet. But, like, all-star Ben Simmons is never coming back. We can move on from from ever thinking about that. I I'm more excited to see. Uh, I'm not really excited to watch the Nets at all. But <laughs> neither are their fans. Yeah, <laughs> I I think that their fans are kind of pissed because obviously everything went to shit with the last era of it. But I'm more excited to see, just generally speaking, with the Nets where they go from here. Because like I think they're going to be the team that trades for Donovan Mitchell next offseason. And I think that that is what they're setting up for here, and that's why they weren't in on Dame. And if that's the case, then you get like Donovan Mitchell, Mikhail Bridges, and whoever else around them. Uh, probably ben Claxton, Simmons. or you know, yeah, well, hopefully not. Uh, maybe maybe Claxton or, or whoever. Then they become a really interesting team to me. But for right now, it's more just about like, yeah, like watching Cam Thomas ball out. Uh, and the 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 wings and uh, Claxton is Claxton could be their best player at, at a certain point, so uh, it will be interesting to see that. But otherwise, yeah, I mean, I think that they're going to be kind of a boring team. But yeah, fun defense and really really bad offense. Do you think they're better? They'll finish above the Raptors. I had them below the Raptors in my standings, but I think I had them back to back. I think I had them like just outside the play-in, and I had the Raptors as the last play-in team. I don't know if Jacques Vaughn's actually good, but I I also like don't know how to judge anything about him as a coach right now. Because I know Nets fans who think he stinks, but yeah. also we all think our coaches stink. So yeah, no, Tibbs is great. It's wonderful. Just a just a beautiful new man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but like with the with the Nets, I just it feels like they are. They they're like okay fuck we got to do the thing that we did like we got to do the thing where we are plucky and we compete every night and we're like a well well put together organization and that then we're gonna you know we're gonna find our D'Lo and we're gonna have some surprise all star injury replacement guy and it's like maybe McCall is is that guy I I always I I do like really he's he's really good but he's I mean we talked about this before when you came on Trell where it was like he's really good but I'm also like okay you're really good for like the 24th best offense in the league when you're the guy. So sure. so it's like what he's scoring and all that stuff, I'm like, that's good, but clearly you're not like the dude that we need to build the offense around. So if they get Mitchell... He would be the perfect have... second guy on a team like the Sixers, to be completely honest with you. It's funny, I know we traded him on draft <laughs> night, but no, but in all seriousness, like Embiid plus wing who can shoot defend, create a little bit, plus Maxi would be a really nice team. But, like, if he's the guy that is leading your offense, you're going to have he, – he can't create for others, and he he's shot out of his mind from the mid-range right. 
when he got to the Nets last year. Like, I, I would expect a little bit of regression. He's an awesome player, but I think that he's going to be more as that when he's your second or third best player and you have a high-level creator or an MVP candidate, your team's going to be great, just like it was with the Suns. If he is your best player, you're going to have, you know, a, a very limited ceiling. Um, do you, is there like, I mean, I think the hardest thing for them is, so they have other teams picks, which is good, but they don't have good theirs. Picks. Yeah, right. Yeah, they, they have all those late Suns picks and the Mavs picks. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, they don't have theirs until I think 2028 or something. I don't know what the fuck it is. It's not for a while. Um, So, like, they kind of have to play this waiting game where they're just, like, hanging out in the middle. Um, I do – I I think if they had one more young guy that was – they just don't have a guard that you're, like – like, I know Cam Thomas can score, but – Am I? Do I really want to put the ball in his hands and be like run point for us? Probably not. Because no, he's about to Landry Shamets, though. Yeah, no, no, I, he's on the Wizards now. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> he, yeah. He's like. I, a, think, he's, I think that's why true. Yeah, yeah I was gonna say. I, I think that's why Trill said that they they were gonna target Donovan Mitchell, right? Like, I think that's what they're looking for. Is they're looking for that 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 big guard to kind of you know, tie them in together because they have Claxton, Cam Johnson, Mikael Bridges. They got a pretty nice, interesting young front court. Um, that they can kind of upgrade and they can get the, you know, the other guy and they have the picks to make these trades. The other thing is that the, um, the picks that, um, cause a couple of these picks are rocket swaps. I can't remember if it's this year or next year. And the thing is that, um, the rockets are also very bad. So even if you're like good, you know, you can still be bad without it being like, you know, kind of like when the Celtics got the Nets picks where the Celtics were good. So it was like disastrous because you're picking in the twenties. If you swap with the Rockets at this point, I still think you're going to end up in like pick 10 or pick 11, you know, at worst. So I I do think they have a little bit of an option here to like um, be bad at least, you know, one or two of these years. Like I don't think they have. Sean Marks is also good at drafting outside of the top of the draft, by the way. Got mm-hmm. Karis LeVert, Jared Allen, Nick Claxton, and he never had high picks. Like he's good at that. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. He's really good at um, things like that. He's really good at setting the tone for an organization. Um, in terms of their exciting guards, they still have they still have Bitcoin Boy, and they still have um, they got Lonnie Walker. Well, I actually like I actually do like Lonnie Walker quite a bit. I, I like Lonnie Walker, but he's also like I like him in a way that is not really relevant for them. Like, I like yeah. him more. He was on the Lakers. He was right. cool because he came off the bench and would just randomly shoot the shit out of the ball and provide energy. But on a team like the Nets that doesn't have, like, a ton of high-level playmaking, I struggle to see where he can kind of thrive. I do think they could end up being, like, a pretty elite defense. Um, between like Yeah, between Claxton and Call Bridges... We'll see. I know Dennis Regina had a really good defensive year with Charlotte. I'm still like, I want, I think Steve Clifford is really good at getting a lot out of guards defensively. Like, that's just been a thing that he does very well. He had like a top 10 defense with Evan Fournier and Emma Walker. He's not a great team defender. But like, that's kind of enough. I mean, if, if they can just, they have the infrastructure to be a pretty solid defense, their offense is going to be brutal. But like, I think they can play a lot of ugly, basketball and and win enough to get into the plan um but i i don't see them having upside to do much more than that this season yeah. you think donovan's no. gonna be interested in going to 
he gets to play in New York. But I, I mean, I think so. I, I everything I've heard is that they're interested, and like maybe he, maybe Miami just has a better offer or is put it, willing to put more on the table. But we just saw that whole thing. Pat Riley always out. finds a way, though. Have you considered yeah. that? I know. It's, I mean, I think even Heat fans are getting to the point where they're like retire old man. So I, I don't really see like I, I think that what's going to be the market. You guys probably aren't going to be interested in Donovan Mitchell. And then it comes down to the Nets and the Heat. And like if he wants to be in Miami or New York, there's one team that can help him be in New York that is not the Knicks. And that's the Nets. So I, I think that the Nets could come up with probably a better package, to be completely honest with you, for Donovan Mitchell. I mean, like, if you just offered Cam Johnson, uh, Cam Johnson, Royce O'Neal, or Dorian, let's say Dorian Finney-Smith, Cam Johnson, and, like, two first-round picks, what is what is the Heat offer that beats that? Is it, do they really like Tyler Hero in Cleveland? Because otherwise, it's, they're going to be able to offer a similar amount of picks, and they won't ever trade any of their other players, so. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I, I do – we'll talk about the next when we get to them. But I, I actually have thought about this a lot, and I kind of feel like while it's obviously not the ideal thing you'd want to do, now that you have, like, Brunson, I could still see them being, like – especially if Embiid's not going to be a thing, if they're just, like, fuck it, like, if we can get Mitchell, we'll get him, and then we can try and figure out the rest later. Um, all right, moving on. now, Embiid could be a thing, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, and we'll see. We'll, again, we're going to talk about the Knicks and the Sixers. Um which... I also think Donovan Mitchell would rather sign in Cleveland than play He's for not the second choice in New York. I just don't think he wants to be second fiddle in If he comes Maybe, back home, but, you're not, but also if we know game. he did put them on their on his list, it was the Nets, Knicks, and Heat last time. If that was before tra- they traded KD and Kyrie. Though. That's true. That's a good point. But also, I just want to say if that is the case, then it's basically just the Miami Heat. <laughs> like it's he's just going to Miami then. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he would go to the Nets. Like, I, at the end of the day, like, uh, for some guys, maybe it'll matter. Like, oh, I need to be in the biggest team in the biggest market. But if the fucking Clippers can get Kawhi and Paul George, like, and we, the Nets already got KD and Kyrie. So, like, I'm sure that they can get yeah. guys to go there. Um, all right. We can do, let's do, let's do, let's do Sam's team. Let's do Sam's team. Let's do the Celtics. Um, I, I, I like. I think preseason is pretty stupid for the most part, but I think for them it was relevant. <laughs> I, I thought it was relevant for them because it was like you needed to see how these guys just yeah. put together and everything. And I thought they looked good, um, which is not too surprising. And we'll see how it, you know, how it goes against, you know, real, real basketball games and stuff. But I thought they looked good. Um, the spacing is really good. I still don't love. Like, I still feel like there's a ball handling issue at times, which is not going to matter in preseason. Uh, crunch time will be interesting, but I actually think they're going to be the number one seed now in the conference. Yeah, barring some horrific injury luck, which, like, I know Kristaps is an injury. You know, he's an injury risk. But you traded Rob and Brogdon to get Drew. Drew has been pretty healthy, I think, over the last few years. Yeah, he's like missed like five games of the last three yeah. years, I think. And that and that's crazy because he was like an injury prone guy at one point yep. in his career. So like he's he's durable. We know Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum play games. Uh I think I mean, not that Pritchard has proven to be durable, but there's no reason to suspect he's gonna miss a bunch of games. Uh Horford is kind of a risk, but I do like it seems that he's is he coming off the bench? That's what that's gonna happen here. 
it, so it's 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 they're, they're kind of like teasing it out like um it's gonna be um drew holiday gonna, coming off the bench come off i just bench. come on I, I, drew holiday is not coming he, off the bench yeah, the I was gonna say, but I, I think it's gonna be. Yeah, I, I, I also like he's just such a sicko for shooting. Joe Mazzola can't help himself. Like taking yeah. Al off the court, I, I think that's the the clear. I, I think that's what they're gonna try. I do think it's gonna be fluid, and I do think it is gonna be like kind of vary from night to night. I, I think it ultimately all this comes down to is just Porzingis. I, I mean, that was the most encouraging thing was how Porzingis looked. He looked like what all of the, you know, Celtics fans that were mad at me um, said he was going to look like. So, you know, I, I might be owned here. Um, <laughs> he I like do think, yeah, he looked like a unicorn. He looked, uh, you know, he looked ready. You know, he helped the spacing. You know, it does help. We're seeing this with Victor Wembanyama when like a guy who is, you know, seven, one plus with a big wingspan is shooting a three pointer. It's like you can close out and it, doesn't matter like, like you know like they just shoot over the top of you and that's one of the biggest things that's really helping um the Celtics spacing and I think that you know it, it's really the this Celtics entire season is pretty much going to come down to is Kristaps Porzingis healthy when the postseason comes around like I I really don't even think it matters too much if he goes down in the regular season because I don't see the Celtics finishing worse than two it's probably going to be them or the Bucks with the number one seed in the east and I I just you know, I, I think they're going to be mostly fine. Jason Tatum has never been hurt for an extended period of time. Um, he's kind of turned into uh, – Trill and I have talked about this. He's kind of turned into, like, small Giannis now after being, like, a, a lights-out, like, jump shooter, like, his first two years in the league. Now he, like, can't shoot pull-ups at all but is, like, a demon at the rim um, finishing. So who knows what's going to happen. Uh, it's uh, – yeah, I, I feel pretty good about them, to be honest, after, you know, the Drew Holiday trade really made the team make a lot more sense to me. So I feel pretty good about them in the long run. Um, it's kind of like being a Yankees fan, man. Like, I, <laughs> you know, like, oh, all right, these are all our mercenaries and our, like, one guy that we've had on the franchise. So, you know, there, let, let's see what happens. Is there buyers? I don't want to say buyers remorse. That's the wrong word. Mm-hmm. But you had Smart. I think Drew Holiday is a really good replacement for, for what Smart and Brogdon gave you. Mm-hmm. Um, and you had really promising what did, young what did Brogdon give him? What a fake six man of the year, a fake six man of the year. And, uh, he, he shot really well in the Philly series to the point where everyone said that he had a good series and then it was, Oh, he got hurt. And that's why he was bad. And, all right. All right, man. And he fucked the manual quickly. Right? So, um, yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. If many people have done that. Um, <laughs> I guess the question is, I mean, I think Porzingis, the talent, I think, has never been in question. It's the health. Um, it's maybe the consistency, depending on how much you read into what happened in Dallas. Is this, like, I think this team was already great. Um, mm-hmm. You had, like, you have Drew Holiday locked down elite defense player. Well, you had one in Smart, right? You have Porzingis now, a really good rim mm-hmm. protector. You had one in Williams. Obviously, Porzingis can change your spacing. But you have some really good, talented players. You lost in seven games in the Eastern Conference Finals. Um you know, I, I think that there are matchups this looks better in. I think from an overall mm-hmm. talent perspective, I can get it, but there's some risk involved. Ultimately, like globally, is this a positive? Or you know, how, how do you how are you kind of evaluating the whole totality of it? I'm probably the lowest anyone's going to be on it, and I still think with with the fact that they were able to get Drew, I think it does help. What I was really concerned about 
with losing Smart is Smart makes your defense so pliable. He's not like a point of attack guy, you know, and he was bad on defense last year, like which I, I think a lot of Celtics fans, you know, uh, really held that against him because they're, they're sickos who watch all 82 regular season games and those games don't matter. It's just the playoffs that matter. But, you know, with with him not being pliable, you only have Derek White and Jason Tatum guarding on the perimeter in like a competent way. Like Jalen Brown is a great one-on-one defender who gets very easily lost in um, rotations. So having things where you're making it easier for Jason Tatum is very important. And I, you know, a lot before the Celtics got Drew Holiday, a lot of what I was hearing was like, oh, Derek White's going to be our point guard. I, Jason, you got to put the ball in Jason Tatum's hands. And it's like, Jason Tatum is our best perimeter defender. He's our best everything. Derek White is going to be relied on even more without Marcus Smart. Um, I think the Grant Williams departure was uh, sneaky important, um, especially for a playoff team that's going to need to play Milwaukee. So I I just think that the new composition, it's more top heavy. Um, They're less likely to go doo-doo mode, as I call it, um, where you have, you know, shitting down your pant leg um, in the the, the, the two-minute drill. I do think what Schwinney brought up about the ball handling is still something I'm really worried about. I don't think Drew is a lights-out ball handler. I don't think Derek White is a lights-out ball handler, and neither of their all-star forwards are particularly great ball handlers. So, you know, I, I think it's going to be the same thing it has been. Challenge. Yeah, here we go. So maybe maybe, maybe that's the key. Maybe he's the, the ball handler they're, they're looking for. But I... I just really think that they are going to be the. Uh, I, I think that they're they built their team to beat Miami, and I think that I don't know if that's going to be relevant this year. Let me just say it that way. Um, but you, this, think, you, think right, what, you think the moves they made were constructed specifically because of the trouble they've had with Miami? That what they played in like three times in the playoffs now in the last yes. four years, right? You think that's specifically? So this has. Okay. They watched Drew Holiday in that Bucks Heat series and said, "Let me get some of that." <laughs> well, I mean, I, it, well, just I, the, it, the, it, the, the series. The it, it, yeah, yeah, sure. yeah the biggest it seems, but that works for the Bucks too, right? Because you're drawing either Brook or Giannis away from the rim. Sure. At that point, that helps Tatum a lot. I mean, that that to me is the logic behind it. The mm-hmm. Celtics are going to win sixty games, and they have a conference finals floor. Like, if Sam wasn't a fan of the team, he would just be able to say this objectively but this is what the reality is the Celtics are going to be the best team in the regular season and they have just as good a shot to win a title as the team that won the title last year probably and I I picked the Bucks to come out but I also think that that was built on the fact that the Bucks have to make some in-season changes in order to sure up their perimeter defense and fix some holes that they have created by Middleton getting older Brooke Lopez getting older and losing Drew Holiday. Having said all that, the Celtics have the best top six in the NBA. They are going to probably run away with the one seed. They won 57 games last year, and they got better. Like, I I think that the, the only way that they have... They'd have to have multiple big injuries for me for the only way for them not to win, like, 55 games at least. Like, they're going to be... They're going to absolutely cruise. Like, I, I just don't see a team that could threaten them for the one seed except for... Maybe I don't know Cleveland, like the Sixers. That's who I would aren't. pick. Yeah, that's who I would pick, honestly, because they had the best yeah. net rating last year, and I do think. Oh, sorry, they're like, regular season. Like, their depth's code. better. Yeah, they're regular season they're regular code. Season. They're gonna like it, that's the thing with these small guard heavy, you know, firebombing lineups. Like it's gonna it, they don't get punished in the regular season, and I do think 
KP's health and um, those kind of things. And, and I think the Boston will probably be strategic with how they use KP and Horford, right? Yeah. And also just, I, I don't know, all the Jalen Brown stuff, go back and look at Jalen Brown in the playoffs. It's literally just Miami. Like, and I think that that has created a, a sort of a, a, a crazy like overcorrection. I'm just annoyed. I, I know Schwitty understands this. Like the Celtics had a real shot to like win it with like their guys. And they just, the, the heat are, had one of the luckiest like shooting runs of all time. And I'm, I'm, I'm still mad. That, oh, we like, all hate, we all hate team, Miami here. Yeah. We've I all hate experienced them so much. It. I am. I want them. I am going to dance on their grave so hard this year. I know I'm tempting the fates and they're going to be back in the finals again, because I, I said this, but I, 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 I going to have a legacy game. Yeah. Oh, yeah God. I, I'm already like, I, I heard the name, Cole Swider and I was like uh, Paul Atreides in Dune when he can like hear the name of the man who will kill him from the future even though he has no idea that man has gone I heard that name and I'm like that's an evil name I don't like that name so uh, demonic demonic franchise salt the ground after we uh, the crypto.com arena you gotta get in Adrian Brody's DMs too you you get killed by association The only yeah, thing yeah. I think that really, like, I mean, like, obviously, if you lose any of these guys, right, you're, it's like, if you lose Tatum, if you lose Brown, if you lose whatever. But, like, I do, like, Porzingis matters in a way that I think is different because if he, like, if he, if he's out for the season, it's like, whoa, so Al Horford, like, and Luke Cornett, like, that's sure. our Nemus championship. Tita front court here like i don't know that that's the only thing that is i think a really big gamble um and and they'll probably also be cautious even if he's not out for the season if it's something they can be cautious with you have to imagine they will be cautious which i think i I would want them from just the one seed they're they're not gonna i I would be lying if i said like because we like we talked about this before the offseason started like i thought going after porzingis for the knicks was like a move that it would have represented a pretty big risk and it would have also represented like you're changing, you're going to make some, you're going to make a move that is changing a kind of key core of your identity because our offense was, he doesn't know what it's like. Yeah. Well, I mean like our offense's entire thing last year was offensive rebounding, like control the possession battle, all that stuff. And with Porzingis, like not that he's a high turnover player or anything, but you're obviously betting on him opening up the floor and his shooting and all this stuff is going to, I thought it was a, a risk worth exploring. Um, I, I understood why they didn't do it, and it like obviously the Celtics do it. And after the Celtics did it, it was still like uh, I don't know. Like I kind of was like something about this team feels weird. The Drew Holiday trade helps a lot. Yeah, that's, um, what, that's where I was at too. I was like, yeah, eh, I'm not crazy about yeah. this move. Then they traded for Drew, and I was like, oh, okay, now this is unfair. Yeah, well, this sucks. <laughs> yeah, I was like, cool. Thank uh, you, Milwaukee. Yeah. Thank you, Don't I, I prayed all offseason that Damian Lillard would not get traded to the Miami Heat, and it was the greatest monkey paw of all time. He ends <laughs> up on the fucking Bucks, and then Drew goes to the Celtics. Awesome. We both, both would have been so happy if Damian Lillard had gone to the Heat. We, we used to go I, we'll back never know now. We'll never know. I was big saying that that Damian Lillard was gonna the Damian Lillard trade was gonna ruin the Heat franchise for decades. I was so excited because oh. Jimmy Butler <laughs> would no longer be considered the best player, and they would hate him. <laughs> yeah, it was going to happen. He was going to destroy the team. Yeah. So is, <laughs> yeah. This, is this like, I, I, we haven't even talked about any of the, I, I, 
is Joe this is Joe Mads like is this like a he's got to at least get to the finals type of season for him? I mean, I I, I don't know. They, they didn't they didn't fire him last off season, which means that he's kind of the guy. I mean, and this is just kind of what the Celtics do that they're like very like culture based, you know, like, so they're not going to like let the coach get bullied around. That was pretty much what, that's pretty much why smart got traded. I have a theory and I've heard enough people around the team kind of suggest this, that smart was, had too strong of a voice and was like, you know, I think that game six in Philly when Al Horford and smart staged a mini coup and were like, you have to fucking play Rob Williams um, I think that that was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back because the coach didn't have authority anymore. And like smart had more authority than Joe Missoula did. And so in order to by the way, of- that swung the series and the Celtics won the series. So they should have just made Marcus smart, the head coach and fired Joe Mass. Agreed. Agreed on all points. Agreed on all points. First player Absolutely. coach since Bill Russell. Yes, they should have done it. I, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, we, we would do within the title next year, but um, you know, but he did, I mean, to be fair to Joe though, like, he was in a really fucking rough situation last year. I still don't know what I think of Missoula Ball. Um, I, I did like the uh, interview he gave JJ Redick. I thought he said a lot of the right stuff. I don't think that ultimately matters that much, but he'll be. Um, you know, they got a lot of good assistant coaches around him. Um, uh, Bill Simmons said this: um, "There's no excuses anymore." So we, we really went all in on this fucking Mori Ball uh, shooting fifty threes a game or whatever they're going to do. So. Let's see what happens. Um, I think it'll probably be pretty good, but um, you know, if it, if it does go bad, it's uh, pretty damning on Joe. So I'm I'm still reserving the right on whether or not Joe is a good coach. He was bad last year, but I don't think a lot of coaches would have been good in his tough situation. Sure. Yeah. Exactly. So and and you can tell like the entire season, all those guys are getting interviewed, like Jalen Brown and, and Marcus Smart. They're always like talking about Ime Udoka and shit. It's like that's just a tough mm. spot for him. Um, yeah. But like the hard part for the Celtics is, and I would love to have these problems where it's like, honestly, none of this matters until like the conference finals, right? Like that's when their season really starts. Uh, and it, it's it's what it is. Like I actually thought there was I forgot who tweeted this. Somebody might have been like Nate Jones on NBA or something. Uh, he tweeted like um, about how something about the Grizzlies and like how championship windows are kind of like so fleeting and you never know when things can just go against you and so you have to go for it when you can and i thought like ultimately even if i have you know sometimes your uh your your favorite player best player on your team just ends up getting suspended for 25 games because according to tim mcmahon he was listening to too much nba young boy (laughs) (laughs) tim mcmahon's been saying some things it's just funny to use the Grizzlies as the example of the championship window team because it's like I don't really know what they could have done. Yeah. Like like John no, Morant yeah. just going AWOL was not in the plans. Yeah. Like, it's it's yeah. definitely like a funny thing, but it's it's the point is like it's kind of like irrelevant of it's funny that the Grizzlies are kinda of like what made him think of this, but um I, I do I do think like as much as they took big risks this summer, and I do think the Celtics took big risks this summer. Like, ultimately, they, if they felt that team just needed, like, kind of felt stale, right? Maybe, like, that's what it was. And they were just like, it feels stale. feels like we keep coming up against the wall. We need to change something about, like, the makeup of this team in a significant way and not just, like, keep working the margins. Um, I think they, like, I mean, they did a hell of a job. So we'll see how it ends up. But, like, I, I do think Brad Stevens has proven to be a pretty 
shrewd operator uh, as yeah. a GM, unfortunately, which fucking sucks. Yeah. Great. Yeah, awesome. Just what they need. <laughs> so happy for the. Shadow, I said this on uh, Roundball Rock last night. Um, Brad Stevens is um, a clone uh, of the, of CIA operative Pete Buttigieg, and this is uh, you know he was sent to save the Boston Celtics because the uh, <laughs> the NBA was a failing product and they needed the Boston Celtics to be good again. Um, they they already had LeBron to save the Lakers from their incompetency, so yeah. this is what uh, we, they we sent need- us the failed Mayor Pete clone. White America needs its team back. Exactly. No, no, no. I will say on that note, uh, if Porzingis is the guy who leads the Celtics back to. Oh, God. <laughs> no. Oh. That'll, that'll, that will be a lot of fun for Knicks fans, for Boston to win a championship behind Christoph Porzingis. I don't remember yeah. where he was. Yeah, but you know what? I was. I, so I've, I've thought, I thought about this. Like for way too long the other night. Like if that happens, it's not the Knicks that are gonna get shit on. It will be the Mavericks because the Mavericks, like they tried to make him into some corner spacer, yeah. and then they were like, okay, actually let's just salary dump him for Spencer fucking Dinwiddie and Bertans. Uh, like they are the team. Like and the, the Knicks, like we're so far removed from that that I don't even think that like it will it will go on the Mavericks. It will be on the Mavericks. Because it's just like they made the all-in move for him, then they punted on him, and here we are now. Like I, I really don't think it would be like a LOL Knicks moment. I think it would be a more like it would be LOL Knicks. It will hurt me a little bit personally, Schwinn. I think it will hurt you too, even if you want to admit it here. No, oh, I fucking I moved on. I'm a bigger man. I like <laughs> I, you know. I just it's just sports, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, let's move on to uh, Trill's Trill Squad here. We don't have to. Let's all good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, by the way, Sam, what's your final prediction for the Celtics? I think they're going to win 62 games, and I think they're going to win the finals. But it doesn't mean I'm going to enjoy it. It doesn't mean I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be very mad the whole time. Just a green teamer over here. Uh, yeah. All right. <laughs> all right. I... I Still think Milwaukee comes out of the East, but I think it would not surprise me at all what you just said transpired, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Yeah, let's do let's do the Sixers because I know Troll's really excited to talk about this team. Mm. Uh, <laughs> so He's hardening right now. Yeah, so James Harden, huh? <laughs> I know we, or we did get a question. I'm sure you've had this question asked 7,000 billion times, but not from someone that's a Knicks fan. Uh, wherever it is. Oh, yeah, there it is. Does James Harden, uh, James Harden, does he get traded to the Clippers? And if not, does he stay at home or wear a fat suit, um, oh. or give a damn on defense more than he does when he plays serious? I'm glad you asked that question because to answer that, I'm not worried about Jalen Hurts at all. I think he's looked awesome, uh, <laughs> last, even though he's had some turnovers. In, <laughs> in all seriousness, um, like Jalen Carter, he's back. It's really good to see him on the field. <laughs> I I feel like I. Am trying to predict what Daryl Morey is going to do is going to drive me into a pit of psychosis. So I can't really say whether he's actually going to get traded. Uh, I think what happened, it's impossible to predict James Harden either. Like, that's the problem with this whole thing. Like, uh, uh, two weeks ago, we're like, oh, he's just going to show up. He just showed up to practice and it's fine and nothing's happening. 
And now he's gone, but it might be for personal reasons, but maybe it's just convenient timing because of the fact that the Sixers season is coming up and he's not been with the team. So is he going to play in the first game against Milwaukee? Probably not. Like, it's just too much trying to predict all of this. I, I don't know how it ends. I really have no idea. I spent the whole offseason trying to figure it out. And I have no idea, but I would be shocked if James Harden is on the Sixers after the trade deadline. That's all I'll say. That's the only place I can leave it. It's like, I don't know if he plays for the Sixers. I don't know if he doesn't play for the Sixers, but I don't think that we will be sitting here on February 20th or whatever, and he will still be on the Sixers. He will be traded at some point this season, probably to the Clippers. And uh, I don't know. I, I just, I have no idea whether it's he's actually going to do it or not. You've got to... Think of it for the Clippers, too. It's like you've got a pretty surefire stud, you know, 22 years old, just in the second year in the league, and uh, Terrence Mann. Uh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. An up-and-comer, one of, like, when the ringer does their 15 best prospects in the NBA, it's like Franz Wagner, Anthony Edwards, Terrence Mann. Paint, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Jaden Springer, uh, but no, like, actually, uh, no, Springer. Like, but I, I've seen you like you. You've been mentioning it during the preseason. Like, you feel good about this team's depth, though, right? Like, you feel better about it than you did. They have good season. talent. Like, yeah. if if everything was fine with James Harden, this team would be a contender, quote unquote. What that means, I don't know, because their best two players love to shit their pants at the the higher levels, but. If they had Harden under normal circumstances with this team, with this depth, with this coach, they would be in the conversation for third best team in the East or whatever, and maybe they could upset someone and make it to the conference finals or whatever. As it stands today, they're just going to, it's the only things I could look forward to really are like seeing progression from Maxi, what Nurse likes to do with the lineups. I think he's going to try to play a lot more athletic. I think he's going to try to play a lot more aggressive on defense to cause those turnovers and get the team out running more. I think they're going to try a lot more ball movement on offense because this team has had no ball movement. It's been completely stagnant because in the regular season, having James Harden and Joel Embiid, that gives you a top five offense with yeah. with those two. So it doesn't really matter if you're, if you're stagnant in the regular season. In the playoffs is where it kind of comes back to bite them in the ass, but I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, Ken Springer crack the rotation. He's looked awesome in preseason. I was very high on Springer before the draft. I, he was my number one guy I wanted with that pick. We got him. I was very excited. And then it was really rough for like a year and a half. And then I don't know what happened, but a flip was switched or a switch was flipped. And he went on to win G League finals MVP last year uh, after kind of not looking great in the first half. And then he was good in summer league and then he's been amazing in the preseason. So I'm hoping that we can see some progress out of him. Uh, Kelly Oubre's kind of owned me. He was good in the preseason. No, don't, uh, don't, don't fall for his tricks. Yeah. I oh, <laughs> do not believe, believe me. his I, lies. <laughs> I mean, look, I, I keep in mind, the Sixers have not had a guy that is athletic that can dribble pass and somewhat shoot since Andre Iguodala. So, like, that is, watching Kelly Oubre, I'm, like, blown away the fact that this man is athletic at all because we're, like, the most unathletic team in the NBA. But he was really good in preseason. I didn't like the signing at all at first. Mo Bamba should be in Europe. Um, and uh, 
yeah, I don't know, Patrick Beverly. Like, I can't really get too excited about the team because I just know what's going to happen in the playoffs. But regular season-wise, I think they're going to be a pretty competitive team. Yeah, I think they're over as well, like 48 and a half. 48 and a half, yeah. I mean, it, I think it was 47 and a half when we did it a few weeks ago. I think we took the over. If Joel Embiid plays 65 games like he has the last two years, the Sixers are always at a 52 to 53 win pace when he plays no matter who is on the team. So yeah. that's kind of built into the equation. The problem is, can you have Harden sit out and then also have Joel miss games and then also get as they were really good when those guys were out last year. They were like 11 and five when those two didn't play led by Maxi in the bench unit and that stuff. And like, I don't know if that's going to be completely doable again. And if that's the case, I could, I, I could see them falling a few losses. I think that's going to be right around the range where they fall is in the high forties, low fifties. Um, so I, I would stay away from betting on that, but uh, I, I wouldn't be shocked if they did, if they had a slight over. They're a talented, d- deep team. Like they have like eleven to twelve NBA players on the roster. The question is, what what does any of it matter really? Like, does any of it? I think they're going to surprise people early in the season. How competitive? Like, I wouldn't be shocked if they beat Milwaukee in the first game, and everyone's like, "Whoa!" But like, th- it's the regular season. Like, can we really even care about this anymore? The next game for Milwaukee is a must win. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, House. <laughs> I just, it's just like, Dame looks old. <laughs> I don't want to overreact to one game, but. It's just, uh, you know, you just see a guy. You can just tell sometimes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you think that Pat Connaughton's going to retire midway through the season to become a full-time landlord like DJ Envy? uh to like is there any how do you feel about nurse with mb because obviously like there's been i mentioned this earlier but like there was always concern about like him running guys from the ground i'm not sure how i don't i don't know i i never know what to do with that in the sense of like is is he playing his guys because he literally has six guys that are good and like that's what he has, or will he run guys in the ground even if he has depth? Like, or is there something where you're just like, I'm not too worried about this? Like, I think you know? he's going to play a ten to eleven man rotation, and I think everyone's going to be like, oh wow, uh, maybe Nurse had a hand in this roster. Like Nurse brought in guys that thought would fit with what he wants to do which is like he brought in Patrick Beverly he wanted Danny Green again uh Kelly Oubre he wanted some length and athleticism he's talked about it a lot uh same and the idea behind the Bamba signing I think was he just wanted a spacing big but Bamba is terrible so I think that he had a hand in some of these signings and he wants to start Melton, uh, apparently, even when Harden's back and play a little bit smaller with Melton playing some of the three more often this season. Like, he I think. Ball. I, what's that? He might know ball. He, I think that he. I think Nurse is a good coach, to be completely. Yeah. I think. All right, let me put it like this. I think Nurse is a good basketball mind. I think as a coach, he might fail on some of the interpersonal stuff. That's why he gets teams get sick of him after three years like they did in Toronto, three or four years. But the first year or two, it will probably be fine because he brings new ideas. 
he is a seemingly smart guy that that has a good message and and makes adjustments in game and throughout the course of a season and all that stuff. And I think he will play like a 10 man rotation to start the year and everyone will be like, oh, wow, maybe he just didn't have the depth that he needed in Toronto because he's been doing that in the preseason. And like, I think it's just going to carry over like this team. Our 10th our man is like. I, I know it's funny because Danny Green's like 36 now, but Danny Green looked amazing in the preseason and he's 36 and you have like legit NBA rotation players coming off the bench. I think that this is going to be a team that like it once again competes a, a, a ton during the regular season. And I think people are going to be surprised by how, how, how good the Sixers look during the regular season and how motivated they look under nurse. Cause like the vibes have completely shifted. If you listen to the, like how they talk in preseason compared to the last two years when they're talking in preseason. Like, I think the team was just kind of over Doc Rivers. I I don't blame Doc at all for last year, to be completely honest with you. I thought that was squarely on the star players in the biggest games. Uh, and yes, the, you would like the coach to make more adjustments, whatever. But like, Nurse, I think Nurse is going to be uh, very good for them in the regular season. Sometimes you get tired of the Doc, you need the Nurse. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, nurses know what they're doing anyway. Doctors are just, you know. Yeah, yeah, he's the nurses do a better job than doctors with less money. So I'm just gonna say, that's, uh, that's, uh, I'm not I'm not slandering Doc. I'm I'm just I'm being supportive of all. Are you our slandering Doc or Doctor J? Uh, yeah, Tom of Philly. I don't know. <laughs> Good question for you guys. Yeah, uh, well, hold on. I'm respecting nurses. Okay. So with any nurses out there, I'm saying. <laughs> anyway, anyway, you can keep going now. So yeah, keep going. Add NBA baby secret. Yeah, you know, podcast. Yeah, DMs um, are open. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> But just quick question. Do we think it's more likely that we come out of this season saying, wow, the, the Raptors were the team no one wanted to play on any given night because they muck things up? Or do we come out of this season saying, oh, wow, Nurse did a lot for the Raptors? So I think probably, I think maybe, I think I'd rather bet on the latter. And I am so fucking mad Nick Nurse got hired in this division because, yeah. like, it's so he annoying. is a terrorist. Yeah, um, I've called he, him fascist. A fascist ball is yeah. Him, him and him and Tibbs fascist. are going to be like the world does not want oh, a God. New York Philadelphia four or five series. It's going to be so gross. Yeah, it's going to just be like six guys on each team playing fucking fifty eight minutes a game, yeah. um, super intense, and just like it'll be a lot of like nineteen ninety six looking NBA basketball going on. Um, it will be awful, but no, I like, I think, I think nurse is a good coach and he obviously has, you know, it's always weird to say this with a coach, like, Oh, he has a championship upside. Right. But like, yes, they had Kawhi when he was in Toronto, but I mean, he was really good in all those series as a coach, like his adjustments were good. He Especially made... the Buck series. I, yeah. I I don't know if you guys remember the Buck series, but the adjustments that he made throughout the course of that series on defense yeah. were yeah, what yeah. won them the championship in my opinion. And I think people forget like after, they were up two Oh, and it looked like, the Raptors were just done. Exactly. Uh, yep. he, he, he really made a lot of good adjustments. Um, and, and the thing is, like, is he crazy? Will some of his adjustments be, like, completely insane and not work? Yes. But I think you need that willingness to try shit mm-hmm. and figure out what the hell works and what doesn't. And so, like, even if inherently the point is that, like, Joel Embiid has this individual, like, character player flaw or something where – no matter what is around him, he gets the second round of the play, it's going to piss himself. Like, I think you have a better chance of figuring out whether that is uh, entirely on him or if there's, like, 
look, the coaches and how they were deploying the talent around him was also part of the problem because I think he'll just try shit. And um, he definitely will. Yeah, yeah, and I, th- I think that's the biggest thing. I, that's why Ty Lue's a 16-game coach, too. Like, yeah. Ty Lue isn't great in the regular season sometimes, but you get to the playoffs, and that guy's going to be making adjustments, like, quarter to quarter, and you're right. like, oh, shit. <laughs> right, and, and I, I do wonder with, like, it it almost sucks it for him in the sense of, like, if he had just been there last year when Harden was, like, normal. I know. You'd you'd probably have a lot better chance, but Fucking I mean, dog. look, we'll see. That the Harden thing is <laughs> the Harden thing is just so weird. Where like it's you can't talk about this team and ignore that, and then also like I think Joel has been like he ca- he's deservedly I think finally catching shit yeah. um, after this past po- postseason. But in terms of he's just been like really bad in elimination games, yeah, yeah, and and and, and but like to his credit. I think for the most part, he's been like, for, like he, he says things publicly and carries himself. I think that in general is what you want from your franchise guy. Sure. And so, like, it. Do you feel like this Harden thing? Just it's like here we go again. He's dealt with so much shit like this, right? His entire time in Philly. Like, do you do you feel like this might be the last one where he's just like, look, if you can't turn Harden into something that we can turn into something like I, I got to get out of here. Or do you think he's like still pretty bought in here? I think that that is really what he probably said to Maury this off season was like, I'll give you one more shot to kind of make things right. You got to either nail the Harden trade or like you said, turn, get something that you can turn into, which is why I think he's been pressing so hard for Terrence Mann in these trades, because Terrence Mann is the only player that has somewhat trade value that the Sixers could realistically acquire from the Clippers in this, and if they can't even get him, then he's like, all right, well, then I'm shit out of luck because I'm going to lose faith from Joel, and if I lose faith from Joel, it's all over anyway. Do you think he'll have Embiid recruit Siakam next summer? Maybe. I don't know if those two really have the best relationship, to be honest with you. I mean, not just because Siakam broke his face with his elbow during the playoffs, (laughs) but also because they've kind of like low-key thrown shots at each other for years, and like I think they respect each other because they're both from Cameroon and they're both like incredibly talented basketball players. But I, I don't know if they have the best relationship. I don't, also don't know what Nurse's relationship is like with yeah, Siakam yeah. as well. I think is Siakam OG playing on the uh, the Cameroonian team for the Olympics. I don't Second. think I don't think either of them are going to play. I know Embiid we'll is obviously. But yeah. yeah, I didn't. I, care we'll about. see. We'll see. I don't know. I think they can technically qualify. I honestly have no idea. But um. But long story short here, I think OG is probably the one that they're more likely to go after with the cap space next summer than Siakam. Uh, I think they would prefer to have Siakam, to be completely honest with you. But I think that if they do do this like cap space plan or whatever, that they're probably trying to get a star in a trade elsewhere, whether it's like Zach Levine or someone like that, and then turn around and get and, and sign OG with the remaining cap space is, is the idea, because they can get a ton of cap space next summer. They can get so like, do you 50, think they'll try to extend? Would they try to extend Tobias then? No, they would. They'll probably just let Tobias walk is my guess. I, I think that next off season, the guys that they're going to prioritize bringing back are Melton and Maxi. And then everyone else is like, they'll probably try to dump PJ Tucker's uh, expiring contract. Mm-hmm. They'll probably let Tobias walk. And then they'll try to like rebuild the roster with like, OG Ananobi, or maybe they'll take Jeremy Grant into cap space if he's still on the Blazers or something. Like, I think that they, 
I my whole thing is I think that they look less at the free agent crop and they look more at the players around the NBA that could get traded into salary cap space and they view that as an advantage over other teams because we just saw like say what you will about John Collins I'm not the biggest John Collins guy to be completely honest with you and I think that uh, we saw that the league also isn't very high on John Collins, but Utah just getting him for Rudy Gay in a second round pick was way less than anyone anticipated them getting back for John Collins. And Maury probably saw moves like that being done this summer and was like, if I have 60 million or 50 million in cap space and I can just get guys dumped into cap space, that might be the best advantage for building out a legit roster that I can kind of customize myself. Like we, and, and, the thing that no one's really talking about, the Sixers will have three first-round picks available next summer. They have one available right now. If they trade James Harden and they can get one or two more first-round picks, then you're looking at, like, five first-round picks for next summer, plus a ton of cap space and all this shit, even if you want to buy into this plan. So that's that's the idea around it. They'll have a ton more assets. They could bring back Maxi and Joel, and they could build a team around him. I think it's mostly bullshit, but I also think that that's the general idea. Yep. I mean, I think there's some logic to that. And I do feel like, I mean, Jordan Poole is an example, right? Where it's like, he got traded for basically nothing. Yeah. Um, they got Chris Paul's expiring contract. And I get why Golden State did it, but like, there's every chance that halfway through the season, whether he's actually good or not, people are going to be like, oh my God, Jordan Poole is good. Sure. Uh, Cause he's going to be putting up numbers. But like, there's, value to that obviously um, like tyler hero for example if 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 yeah. not that i think that tyler hero is a perfect fit for what the sixers need but in general if they are to trade for donovan mitchell next summer you can just get tyler hero for free basically is the th- like that right. that's a free agency's done it's over like we just need to kind of accept that it's like largely done and all of the slop will be coming from trades and salary dumps Stop trying to make it happen. It's yeah. never going to happen. Yeah. It's never yeah, coming. Over we haven't, shit. Yep, we <laughs> haven't had real free agency since 2019. There hasn't been multiple all stars that have moved since then. So, yeah, I mean, well, I think the closest chance you're going to have is 2025 if the cap jumps. But they've already like said they're going to smooth the cap, right? So yeah, 10. percent yep. Yeah, you're not going to get the big oh. cap jump that you got. You know. Well, we're gonna find out when Kawhi Leonard and Paul George hit free agency. <laughs> who's uh, who's who, who's letting them cook? Yep, going for it. Let's he see. He's going to White Walkers, New York. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's so okay. So, I guess what for you would constitute a successful season for the Sixers? Well, in reality, if they could make a fucking conference finals, I'd be thrilled. <laughs> um, but honestly, the the reality that we live in, um, probably fifty wins at a playoff series win. Would be I would be happy with that. I mean, I'd probably go insane if they lose to the Celtics again in the second round. Uh, but yeah, I mean that would be a that would be an awesome season. I think that they they have the potential to. I think they'll definitely make the playoffs. I think they have the potential to lose in the first round this year, though. I think I had I picked us to beat you guys in seven. I think, but I said I thought that would be a yeah. really close series because I think that I that's, said this last year. I thought you, you made the fascism joke, and I posted the. Uh... The Stalin versus Hitler meme. Yes, 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 <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah just hope we're Stalin. But um, so uh, but long story short here, 
Uh, I think that the Sixers have potential to lose in the first round, especially if they don't make the right hardened trade during the season. I would imagine Maury's aggressive at the deadline, but we really don't have any fucking assets. So it's kind of hard to like make a trade happen out of thin air that makes us into legit contenders. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of the way that I view it. I've said I thought the Knicks were a bad matchup for us. Like since, like, since isn't like the the secret is that like even though MB is this gigantic human being, you guys haven't actually been a good defensive rebounding team. Well, yeah, because we don't have any plus positional rebounders right. except for DeAnthony Melton. Right, like all of our positional rebounders are bad. Like Tobias is a bad rebounder. Tucker's an okay rebounder, but it's also one of it's one of the few things that he can still do. <laughs> Tobias is not does not have good spatial awareness. Uh, Embiid is like if the effort and energy is there and he's healthy, he can be good. But he's really it, it. It comes and goes. Uh, like yeah, Melton's probably our best positional rebounder on the team, and I think part of the reason why they went out and they got Patrick Beverly and Kelly Oubre and they re-signed Paul Reed was because they knew that was one of their biggest weaknesses and that they really need to put guys who can rebound. And, like, if they run up against the Knicks in the playoffs, they can't have what happened in the Cab series where they just get destroyed in the glass and, and the Knicks are creating all these extra possessions. Ever since you guys tra- – I, I thought you guys were kind of a thorn in our side matchup before and, like, that you might push us to six. Then you guys traded for Josh Hart, and I was like, fucking shit. <laughs> because that is that that really was like the bad the the worst thing is when we play you guys we just get crushed on the glass so that that would be the one thing I would worry about in that potential series but look outside of the disaster year which was the bubble season uh, they've won a playoff series every year with Joel so even right. if they've had some easy first round opponents yeah so, as far as the Raptors versus Sixers thing come back to the question I'm gonna bet on the team that has the MVP like, right I just don't think the Raptors have anyone that excites me on that level. Yeah. That that's that's a pretty easy answer there for me. Yeah, you know, Scotty Barnes be locked in. Scotty Barnes, you know, um he, he, he's was. him. He's him. I think you know there was a pod, I think it was like Bond Times. He might have been out of like low a couple summers ago where he was like, why would they trade him for Kevin Durant? Like they think he could be their Dwayne Wade. And I was like, he can't dribble. Dwayne Wade was like <laughs> he can yeah. he can dribble. He was like Wait, really good at they think they could be he. They think he could be their Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade won the championship in his second NBA season. I think third, it was third NBA third, season, third, yeah. Like, but still, he's like an all time run. Like, it's like an all time yeah. run too. Yeah. Like, um, you would yeah. know by now if Scotty Barnes were Dwayne Wade. Like <laughs> he might make the All Star team at some point, but he's certainly not going to be Dwayne Wade. I think we could all agree on that. Yeah, he, he could be the king of Canada maybe one day. Uh, <laughs> all right. Speaking of the king of Canada. Uh, let's talk about the Yeah, there you are. Um, I'll just like say, I guess, like, I'm sure we have talked about this obviously all season, but like, Stacey, what do you, what would you say is what would be a successful season for the Knicks? Because I see a lot of people like talking about the specifics of this, and I don't like, I think for me, I'm more like, I can't tell you until one. We make the playoffs to what our matchup is. And just three, like, generally want to see how the season goes. Because we haven't made back-to-back playoff appearances since 2013. Um, because we made it in 21, then we obviously had a bad season in 22, and then we made it back last year. So, like, to me, just making the playoffs again, to some extent, is, like, a successful season. But I understand that you want to build on what you did or at least maintain. And so it's matchup dependent for me. But I'm curious to get your thoughts on that, Stacey. 
A successful season is one in which they make the playoffs. And I'm not going to even tie it to winning a series because the seeding could vary. Right. And depending, and again, there will be reasons, for, like, to kind of, you were hinting at this a little bit. There's so many branches, right? If they end up with a seventh seed and they, um, you know, lose in the first round, it's like, well, why did they get the seventh right? Well, maybe Brunson was out for 30 games or maybe, you know, they had other, so you'd have to evaluate those things. Um, to me, I think there's only two teams I would be understanding of losing a playoff series to, and that's Milwaukee and Boston. Um, I don't think they should lose in the playoffs to Cleveland. Cleveland's an amazing regular season team. I think all of the reasons the Knicks just bodied the shit out of them last year still apply. I actually think um, that would be worse now. Like, Niang is the worst rebounder in, like, NBA front courts. Yeah, they went, yeah. They went. I'm telling you from experience, Niang will definitely help your spacing and you will definitely hurt your rebounding. Yeah, and so they, the lesson they took from that Knicks series was clearly, and, and I mean, it's it's not the wrong lesson necessarily. It is a lesson I would have taken, and I don't blame them, <laughs> is that, you know, the Knicks were just leaving their three open no matter what, right? I think if Mobley can't shoot, it's not going to matter as much anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but so if the Knicks, if the Knicks make the playoffs and um, don't and lose to Milwaukee or Boston, that's fine. Even I mean, it might be a sweep, and like unless it's like a horrible looking sweep, I don't think that would be awful. Um, that's you need kind to have of, good sweeps like the Lakers, the most competitive sweep of all time. Yeah, and so like the platonic ideal <laughs> for me is that they end up with if they can somehow get the three seed, avoid those two teams for two rounds. Um, and you know, make it to the conference finals. Take Milwaukee to six. Take Boston. I actually I like our matchup with Boston quite a bit better. Um, I actually think Mitchell Robinson against Porzingis is could be really fun um, on both sides. I think watching Mitch have to go out and guard on the perimeter after we, what we thought that's what we thought he was going to be. Right? What people forget Mitch was as a rookie was known as this kind of on defense almost a Jaron Jackson type. Right? Like he's more of a mobility guy. He was an awful rebounder. Um, and just very undisciplined. He's kind of changed a little bit more into an interior defender, but, you know, it'd be interesting to see him get that mobility tested. I'd obviously give Boston the advantage, but I think the Knicks can give him a fight. So that's that's how I'm looking at it. I think in you terms don't like of the wins, Bucks matchup? I'm just, look, I think that the Bucks are going to win the East, but I also think they have massive flaws that could be exploited by pretty much any team in the playoffs. I think the problem with us against, <clears throat> against the Bucks is we don't have... Okay, the reality is this. The Knicks can get to another level if R.J. Barrett takes a leap of some kind and if Emmanuel Quickly and Quentin Grimes get better. And, like, those and three Randall are... shows up in the playoffs. Yeah, and Randall shows up in the playoffs. Like, those are, like, the basically the four keys to the season because I think Mitchell Robinson is going to do Mitchell Robinson things. I think Jalen Brunson is one of the most consistent players in the league. I think Isaiah Hartenstein is one of the best backup centers in the league. I think Dante DiVincenzo will be Dante DiVincenzo, and I think Josh Hart will be Josh Hart. But, like, the upside is what those four guys do. And if we're going to be completely frank, as I talked about, like, R.J. Barrett had a nice playoffs, but, like, you need him at this point, like, year five, really. Like, if it's going to happen, and I'm not talking about even being an all-star, but just being, like, a real quality starter, which is a plus starter. Yeah, Yeah, like, that's really – I don't think – I know that you need a superstar whatever, right, to win, but, like, Forgetting winning, talking about being competitive against a team like Milwaukee, like you need to be to own those wing matchups because their wings are kind of where their weakness is. Yeah. And if RJ can't do that, 
then it's a problem. If Grimes can't do that to some extent, it's a problem. Like, so that is where I'm more concerned about it because like, I don't, RJ Barrett, even if you, even if he has a good season, I promise you it's not going to be because he's now like this diverse three level scorer. It's going to be because he's, gets really good at driving into the paint and finishing. He takes a leap in it as a finisher and makes better decisions. Um, that's yeah, probably, it's a shoot league average. Right. And, and, and against Milwaukee, I feel like that's just not going to be that successful. Yeah, it's, it's also, yeah. It's, cause you have, have Rook, you have Giannis, like that's where the strength of their defense is. So I just don't know that like, like could Brunson draw Damian Lillard in the series? I think he could. Like, I actually don't think that's that crazy at all. But yeah. do I think that Randall and Mitch, yeah, can they the out? Like, I don't see it's them. It's going to be bully it. ball, and you're leaning yeah. into their and, yeah, and the, the Brook is defense, an, especially. Brook is an incredible defensive rebounder. He also can pull Mitch out. Um, I have we have seen Randall actually come up with some great games against Giannis uh, in the regular season. Uh, <laughs> I don't think he's. I, we, it would it would be for me to say that they can handle Giannis. That's tough. But I think the biggest thing I would say is that in that matchup, particularly, you mentioned it with the Sixers, right? What worries you most is our rebounding. Um, Brook is, Brooke is, and his brother, for that matter, is one of the best defensive rebounders in the league. I think, you know, Mitch would have a tough time really plotting him the way that he did, sure. too. And of course, Giannis, too. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I was just merely thinking because I think about like the best games that Maxi has had two of the best games of his career against the Bucks, and they always struggle with those small, Kind of shifty guards yeah. that can kind of get quickly, downhill quickly. Well against them too, yeah. yeah, I was gonna say quickly and and Brunson would be a nice test for the Malik Beasley Damian Lillard point of attack defense <laughs> couple like that. I feel like that that's got to be the major issue that they solve, and I think it's easier to solve that issue than it is to solve the shot creation issue that oh, the Bucks God. had at the higher levels, yeah. which Damian Lillard will should be able to. So that's that's why I'm higher on the Bucks because I think that they could make a move. Even if they just get someone who's passable on defense and could survive, or is good on defense and could survive on offense, it would change a lot for them next year. Yeah, I mean, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, like, I, I wonder because because Randall's kind of the elephant in the room. I feel like for any playoff hopes that they have, yeah. right? Like, and that's the thing is that you know he seems to be, for whatever reason it is, he does seem to be sort of a playoff. What's the opposite of a riser? Shrinker, right. yeah, it's just yeah. something Not like that. So, a, a dropper, uh, yeah. yeah, that's Embiid and, and Randall, yeah. yeah. I was just gonna say, and, and I kind of like it, you know. Randall, I mean, hey, he made his second, he made all NBA again, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, you make two all NBAs, I mean, you're a legit player at that point. I just, I wonder. You know, do at some point to the Knicks because Randall has, you know, really, I, it seems pretty complicated from the outside. I don't know. It's what every the, other year. It's yeah. Every I was going to say, he's bad. Just, it's so well, weird. Not bad, but not good as he is. Yeah. His season well, it, when he makes all NBA. He's, he's got that complicated relationship with Knicks fans. You know, like, I, I wonder, like, if, I wonder if that's the spot to upgrade, you know, like I think, I think changing, getting Randall out for someone who is more of a playoff performer and can kind of help, because I think that's, what's really killed the Knicks and their playoff hopes is Brunson is clearly that guy, bro. I was so impressed with Brunson last playoffs. And I think that you need to get him 
uh, a front court partner who can, you know, at least not completely fall off a cliff the way Randall does. You know, Randall does give you that high floor for the regular season. Like, I, I think the Knicks are pretty safe of being in the play-in and are probably, you know, more likely going to be a 4-5 seed than anything else. But... Kevin <laughs> <laughs> from Hugley. Finally, the part of the program where the ringer staff writer, Sam, Gets waterboarded until he admits the Knicks are good. <laughs> they are tryhards, but that's what makes them good. To be complete. yeah, I was gonna say like, that's, just a, that's a Tom that's a Tom that's Thibodeau a team. Yeah, yeah, that's like, every Tibbs team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's well, like, but I think what happens. I mean, I mean, I'll just say, like, I think with the Randall part of it is last year he did so he sprained his ankle five games for the playoffs. He comes back in that Cavs series. And he re-aggravated it in game five when he actually was like, if you go back and if you just look at his numbers in that game five, I think he played like 17 minutes or something. He was on pace for a triple double. He was like absolutely dominant, just completely owning the libs in that game. Um, and he like, obviously he re-aggravated his ankle. So he goes out for that game. He misses the opening game against Miami. He comes back. I don't think the ankle injury explains everything because there were just moments in that series where you're like, dude, you have to get back on defense. Or like you have to throw down like tomahawk. Yeah, you, oh, you have you to know, like, like try to make rotations. You have to try to do things. You can't just go like mentally collapse like this. So I I think the injury is a fair thing to bring up as a mitigating circumstance, but I tend to agree with you. Like I think whatever it is that goes on with him internally, um, he's gotta figure that out because if he doesn't, then your ceiling is what we were last year. Like, that's ultimately what your ceiling is. You're going to be a team that can win a, a playoff series in the right scenario, um, but doesn't have the margin for error against a good team. And, like, yeah, part of that is on Tibbs, too. Like, Tibbs is can notoriously been a guy who his teams in the playoffs don't have that extra gear. They don't – they're not, like, super – you know, we talked about Nick Nurse kind of – works things out. He's a mad scientist. Tibbs is like the opposite of a mad scientist. Tibbs's idea of like experimenting was playing Jericho Sims at the four during preseason. You know, like it it's not fun experimentation. It's like what if Tibbs Tibbs what is, if it's 1993 is still I was gonna say Tibbs is nurse's vibes but with Doc's stubbornness and brain. That's why him and Doc were boys. Like right. he's right. the nurse kind of like like grind you down, loves defensive guys, like all that stuff. But at the end, and loves to play these guys big minutes when necessary or whatever. But um, but he ultimately, at the end of the day, is a huge boomer. And <laughs> um, and Nurse is a Gen X guy. So he's more, yeah. I think. I think yeah, he's, he's, he's listening to Pearl Jam. Play, yeah, uh, exactly. that, there's he no doubt about that. that. Yeah, Love Springsteen, <laughs> listens to yeah. Pearl Jam. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, I, so like. Those, those those are the big things for me. I think like swing pieces for the Knicks. I mean, we've talked about this, but like this team is young, pretty much like across the board. Like their main guys, their nine rotation guys. None of them. The oldest one is Randall, um, or it might be Josh Hart. Whatever. They're both like twenty eight. After that, Brunson's twenty six. It's like guys that are either in their prime or approaching their prime, theoretically getting better. And it's like it's always dangerous to assume progression is like linear, but they're they've kind of like. Uh, this isn't like a first or second year player anymore, right? These are like guys that are a little bit deeper into their careers. So at most, you would be like, it's more reasonable to expect them to plateau or level out rather than get worse. 
Um, so, like, I think there's a pretty safe floor with this team because of that. The preseason was not great for them, so we'll see if that was just some weird, like, we don't give a shit about this thing, or if there's actual real concerns there. Uh, and Tibbs teams notoriously start out pretty slow until, like, the first quarter of the season's over. So that's nothing. But yeah, I, I don't know. Like, the what's a successful season for them? I would say that if you just want, like, very broad things, like, winning a playoff series would be great, but again, like, making the playoffs for sure, Julius Randle not pooping himself in the playoffs would definitely be nice. Um, Tibbs like embracing playing small at the four when Randall's not on the floor and like one of quickly or Grimes are both potentially taking another step. Like, I think those would be, if those things occur, the results you want to see will probably go hand in hand with that. And they will be a better team. But like, you know, we know that this team is waiting to make a big move and like it would, that's why I like, got Nick's, the next 76ers playoff series would be very Hollywood. Uh, for yeah. The yeah, right. Yeah. Definitely. There's like a lot. It, it's kind of like why the Knicks Cavs series is kind of like, oh, so we're doing this, huh? Good. Funny seeing you here. Donovan. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it it, it yeah. is funny that like Knicks Cavs series was this like, you know, uh, steel sharpens iron thing where it's like, you know, oh, like it, it normally like, you know, the, you would think the big city team was the ones that were like soft and like favored, but like the Cavs are like, oh no, the rebounding was too hard. Like, <laughs> Midwest, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. too light. Quote Jared, Jared Allen. <laughs> yeah, I would say it's very funny to have a soy Midwest team. Like you know, <laughs> meanwhile the New York team is tough. New Yorkers, hey, we're walking here. Well, it's Midwest, but it's Ohio, and if you watch their That's college true. football team, they've been pretty soft for a while. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, so. But yeah, like I, I think with whatever it is, like I, this division's pretty interesting. I'll just we can just do this real quick and then we'll get out of here after we do uh all stars and all NBA guys in the division. Um but like I think for me, I see this division breaking down as I think the Celtics win it. I've gone back and forth on this a lot. I think Joel Embiid is probably a safe enough bet to play enough games that they get the two seed or the yeah. two they finish second. I think the Knicks finished third, and then I think there's a pretty decent fall off from them between. And then I'll just say, like, I think Brooklyn finishes out of Toronto. So that's uh, that's that's how I'd go with that. Yeah, that feels right. Yeah, I agree with that. Stacy. Yeah, no, no arguments here. I think there's a chance Brooklyn implodes. Yeah, I also mean, say I think I had the Raptors one. I had one one seed ahead. They were the ten seed. I had the Nets oh, as the eleven seed. Yeah. So I I do think there's a chance the Knicks could like. I think there's a pretty decent chance the Knicks would finish above the Sixers. I just, as long as Embiid is there and he's like serious, which I anticipate him being, like I, I just, I'll roll with them. And I do think Nick Nurse is a good coach, especially his honeymoon phase should be good. Yeah. Um, Outside of the one season, they've never. I think the lowest seed they've been is four seed. Outside of the once the bubble season when they had Horford and Richardson and all that, so they've been a top four seed every season with Embiid when he's relatively healthy. Yeah, it also would not surprise me if, like, the top five seeds in the East, which I think are going to be in whatever order, these three teams, and then uh, Milwaukee and Cleveland. Yeah. Yeah, like, I think they could separate from the rest of the conference. Like, I do think those five teams, for a variety of reasons, will be really good. Like, Cleveland and New York um, will take the regular season extremely seriously, so that helps their cause. Do you think there's any – is there a wild card? Like, I think Indiana's being talked up. Do you think there's a wild card? Atlanta. Really? I think Atlanta's going to be the sixth seed. 
that's that's Sam's Sam's Hawks. You're you're close, but uh, let's those are rookie numbers. Let's get those numbers up. We're talking about our third seeded Atlanta Hawks, baby. Let's go. Quinn I mean, Snyder look, Miami, Miami. You can't count them out until you shoot them in the head multiple times, as everyone has learned. So, uh, Watch the zombie, zombie heat, movies. Yeah, <laughs> the zombie heat will never will never go away. So you can't you can't complete. I think I had away. them as my six seed. No, they're getting the the Trey Young and uh, Quinn Snyder and freshly paid on Yeka and Kongwu are coming to flush that turd down the toilet. Let's go, let's go, my Atlanta Hawks, Southeast <laughs> Division champs. They've got. I actually look. I actually like that bet for them to win that division. I think it's a good value. Yeah. Um, all right. So the la- last year, this division had five All Stars and four All NBA player selections. Do we? Do we think? <laughs> are we going over or under on either of those this year? I'm going under on both. Of those. Under. Yeah. 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 Was it five All NBA, four All Stars. Yeah. 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 Four, four, five all stars, four all NBA. Yeah. So, so the five all stars were Julius Randle, uh, Joel Embiid, uh, Jaylen Pascal Brown. Siakam, Jalen yeah. Brown, and Jason Tatum. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So I think Jalen Brunson probably makes it this year because yeah. he didn't last year. He got snubbed. So I don't think Rand, they're going to give two Knicks it unless the yeah. Knicks are like a top three seed. Yeah. But I could see the Jays both getting there and I could see Embiid. I, I don't think Siakam or Harden isn't going to play, so he doesn't have a shot. Uh, Paul Bridges. Oh, Bridges could make it. That's the thing. It could be a dead even five, but yeah, I, I, I don't, don't think he's going to make it. I don't think Jalen Brown's going to make it this year. I think Jalen Brown might will miss it. it. Yeah. yeah, maybe yeah just just makes it. There's no center designation, right? So that's yeah. But I just think I think Boston's going to be probably – I think they'll be the best team in the East maybe by a margin at that point. And and I feel like they'll give them yeah, is, is somebody them. getting a Kyle Korver all star, like when they gave the Hawks four all stars. <laughs> Derek the Jeff, the Jeff Teague. Derek White. Yeah, Derek White's getting the Jeff Teague all stars. Well, all star got tiff gets tougher for the guards because they just added. I mean, you have to assume Dame's gonna right. So yeah, yeah. now the East. Um, I can't wait until we get the article from like some major publication halfway through the year about how you know Derek White when he, there was the trade was made for him. People didn't really think much of it. Meanwhile, I was on slot fest. Like why the fuck is this happening? Why are they trading Josh Richardson for Derek white? This is bullshit. <laughs> also traded Romeo Langford, who was unfairly cut because of the but, CIA uh, for the third Romeo time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The CIA deep state did this to Romeo Langford. He will be back. You've not heard the last of Romeo Langford. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, <laughs> I think I'll get five all-stars. The all NBAs are the one that I'm not sure about. Because definitely not. I, I don't see Jalen Brown. Sure. Jalen Brown will not make an all NBA team this year. I no. don't think Julius um, Randall will again either. <laughs> I don't think Randall will. Yeah. So it's I think just Brunson Tatum has a chance, but I think like the guard depth is so insane. Yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm curious. Why, why do you guys not think? Like, do you think Randall is going to regress, or do you think it's just you know, like he definitely has benefited in both his seasons from like Anthony mm-hmm. Davis being hurt and like injuries. But <laughs> the thing is, he'll play the games. This is the other part of this that makes yeah. it weird, right? He'll play the games. And yeah. a lot of guys won't play the game. And he can kind of get 20 and 10 in his sleep. Yeah. Like, also, the, the writer narratives, though. I'm sorry. Narratives also, are too strong. That's what I was just going to say. Yeah. Shit that's himself the in the thing. playoffs again. And uh, that's why. Same Embiid, reason why Jalen and Embiid has no shot at MVP. Jalen has no shot yeah, at all right. NBA. Like, it's it's yeah. narratives. Like, it's a, yeah. they, they carry from year to year. And I don't think it's going to be like the determining factor, but I think that he'd have to be 
bawling out of his mind I, to be. I was just saying, side. Randall would need to take a step up. Like he could have an identical season to the one he just. So he goes twenty five ten, and you still don't think that would be enough? Uh, I don't think so. No, I think they're going to find it, a it way to. Be, yeah, yeah, they're going to find a way to like give it to someone else. Like, like if uh, this is just an example, let's say like the. Um, the, the Pacers or somebody like that are, are killing it. A bad example because they don't have a... If Obi got All-NBA over Randall, though. Yeah. yeah. Obi, Obi's <laughs> making the All-NBA league with like, Allie. If, 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 the Hawks, if the Hawks are as good as, like, I j- always joke that they're going to be... Like, Clint Capella would be, like, a guy who would get, like, All-NBA no, before the... I, I'm just saying, like, Porzingis is a good one. Yeah. The argument for Randall making all NBA is he doesn't get hurt, and the wing depth in the NBA is actually not good at all. And the argument against it is that there will probably be a change year to year, and the majority of guys who make all NBA are almost always considered one of the 15 best players of the NBA, and he's just not. To get it consistently, to get it for the third time in four years. Like, I feel like you got to be considered one of the 15 best players. And he's just not. But then again, once again, if he does benefit, these new rules change things because you have to play 65 games Uh to even qualify. So that's the big thing that's in his favor. Uh But like, if I think like if if the Magic are better than expected, Franz or Paolo will have a shot. Like, they're going to give everyone the opportunity uh, before Jalen Brown and, and... Julius Randle. Yeah, Halliburton will get Halliburton's definitely in. Also, it's, posi- oh, it's positionless now. It doesn't yeah. even matter. Oh, yeah. No right. guards are oh, going to make it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's going to happen, yeah. yeah right. None of yeah. this matters because it's all, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, it's yeah, just so. an all-star. Very important so. question for you. Yeah. Um, do I disavow the Boston Media Mafia? Of course. Very I, important. They, they've they've turned on Marcus Smart. They've made the the <laughs> most egregious sin. They all like 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 the 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 heinous Nights Watch people who stabbed Jon Snow um, in, the, <laughs> in, in the back of the wall. This is they they will get their comeuppance and they will reap it when the Memphis Grizzlies without Stephen Adams without John Morant. <laughs> go get their way to the finals on the back of starting center Marcus. No Brandon Clark either. When they're yeah, like, when they're stabbing, are they like for Joe Missoula? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for Joe Missoula, that's what's happening every time they do it. Oh uh, man! All right. Uh, look, we've been doing this for a while, guys. Thanks so much for coming on. Um, let the people know where they can find you and uh, plug anything that you guys like to plug. Uh, yeah, so if you're still following us, uh, or if you're still on here somehow, to over two hours in, I commend you. Uh, you're an amazing person. But uh, Patreon, you know ball, um, you know YouTube, you know ball with Trill Bro Dude is the name on there. Uh, Spotify, Apple, all that stuff. So you can follow us on any of that TikTok, whatever. We're on everything. So just follow us, uh, check out our stuff if you enjoyed this episode, and sign up for the Patreon if you want bonus episodes every week and access to our Discord. Everything Trill just said, um, then just, the last thing I would say, um, if you are a singer, songwriter, Dua Lipa, um, just you know, really check us out. Um, check <laughs> me out. I've done a lot of really good riffs recently. I think you would you would like to check out. I, you know, bits. reach out. Yeah, the, I've, I've done really good with the bits, so I just, you know. Oh Sam, uh, we did have somebody in our Discord that wanted. Uh, they were they requested that you do the. Um, can I see it? Can I see? It? <laughs> can I can, can, can I see it? Uh, let, let me ask you something, Vernon. Do, do you think uh, Dua Lipa overrated, underrated, properly rated? <laughs> Good grief! You're asking me, Bill Simmons. I think Dua Lipa 
is now, look, I don't want to get myself in trouble here, but good grief. That's my Vernon. That's the best I got. <laughs> Vernon's good. Vernon's yeah. the, he's got the right boomer energy going on. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Stacy, <laughs> look who where they can find you and plug anything you'd like to plug. Uh, I'll echo everything Sam and, uh, and Trill said. Um, I just dropped a season preview pod with Matt Miranda on the Believe Knicks pod. I think you guys will like that. Uh, for those who are football fans, definitely check out Strictly NFL. Um, Frank Barrett and, um, and Constantine putting out a lot of great stuff. And, uh, yeah, excited for a great season. So. Uh, I have nothing to plug personally, but I'm excited for the new season. I will definitely plug all the stuff that we are going to be putting out, podcasts, articles. Uh, we should have a roundtable coming out on Wednesday morning, so keep an eye out for that. And, uh, yeah, aside from that, I will just plug our wonderful sponsor, Bet Online. Thanks, everybody that tuned in. Uh, Sam, Trill, thanks for coming on. Hope everybody has a great evening, and I will see you on Friday. Thanks. Go, Birds. Thanks, guys.